the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. the Nick D Podcast. I am your host, Nick DeGilio. Thank you for joining me. We are part of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and uh, been a part of this Radio Misfits Podcast Network now for almost two years. And uh, this, by the way, it's a special episode because it is episode number 200. Yes, this is the 200th episode of the Nick D Podcast at Radio Misfits. I could not be more thrilled to be working with Ed Silla and all the amazing people at Radio Misfits who have made me feel uh, comfortable and at home. I've been doing this for two years, almost in January, it'll be two years, but this marks episode number 200. Can't believe there have been 200 episodes. And I want to thank everybody who's involved uh, in uh, Radio Misfits to be a part of it, especially Ed for bringing me in and making me feel at home and doing all the great stuff that he does uh, and making this all possible. This podcast and the 200 episodes uh, that I've done, uh, or the 199 episodes that I've done, and the one that I'm doing right now, which is the 200th, could not ever have been done without Ed Silla. So my big thanks to him and everybody at Radio Misfits for uh, doing all this. It's, it's landmark for me, 200 episodes. I couldn't be more thrilled. So on this episode, um, um, I'm going to do some special stuff and play a bunch of clips from the past 200 episodes, some more recent ones. Uh, we did do an, an, uh, an episode 100 celebration where we played a bunch of clips and some voicemails from the past. So you might want to check that out. All By the way, every episode of this podcast is archived at radiomisfits.com. Uh, so uh, check it out at radiomisfits.com. Go back. And if you want to check out our celebration of the 100th episode, which features a bunch of cameos and stars and phone calls and clips, we did a big 100 uh, celebration, 100 episode celebration. So make sure you go back and check that out. And then uh, all the other episodes in between and before that, we're going to celebrate today. So I've got clips from great guests that I've had uh, over the past 200 episodes. And then Slap Slapley is going to stop by. You know, he's really good friends with Tom Hush, who is the executive producer of the Steve Cochran Show on WLS AM 890, weekday mornings from 530 to 9. Uh, anyway, so Slap Slapley, the British Bon Vivant, is going to join us for a very special edition of Slap Slapley's 80s, 90s Trivia Madness, 200th episode edition. And of course, my partner in crime, who has been with, been with me since the very first episode, all 200 episodes, is the one and the only Esmeralda Leon, who is my cohort in crime, who worked with me back at that stupid radio station that's now a car wash. And she's been with me since the beginning, and she will join us and we'll hang out. And in the second part of the show... Today, the second, ep- second part of the episode, we are going to celebrate 200 episodes with Slap Slapley, Esmeralda Leon, and an unbelievably intense and hilarious version of Slap Slapley's 80s, 90s Trivia Madness 200 ep- episode edition. That's coming up. And uh, like I said, um, uh, I will be back in a second here to play back some clips and remember some of the great people that we talked to, some of the celebrities, the incredible guests, the fun times that we've had 
in the first 200 episodes of this podcast, and we'll go through that. If you would like to be a part of this podcast, it's an incredibly popular podcast. Lots of people will listen. If you want to be a sponsor, you should do that. It would help you. It would help everybody. Be a sponsor now. Advertise with us. Uh, we've got, we're 200 episodes strong, and we're going to go on and on and on and on, so you should be a sponsor right now. Contact us, sales at radiomisfits.com. Say, I want to advertise on this very popular uh, uh, podcast that has lasted 200 episodes. It's here. Lots of people listen. So sponsor with us, sales at radiomisfits.com. Leave your voicemails with any comments or questions or stuff from the past. We're 200 episodes in. What are your favorite moments? Voicemail us, 773-417-6948. Call us now. Email us with your thoughts and, your, and anything that you want to talk about over the past 200 episodes. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. Those are the ways to get a hold of us, 773-417-6948, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Jason Skaggs is my main man, been with me since episode one, doing all the music and the themes and the sounds and the weirdness. He is an incredibly talented dude who I am lucky to have been working with for the past 200 episodes. So my thanks to Jason, to Ed, to Esmeralda, to everybody who's been a part of the podcast. Please take the time to share all the information, rate, review us on every platform. Oh, my lovely friend. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Carrie Russell has been with us since episode one. We're 200 episodes deep, and now she's living on the back porch making T-shirts and selling Hi, them. I am Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Been with us for 200 episodes. So you have been with us for 200 episodes. That's fantastic if you have, and I love you, and I appreciate you for that. So it's episode number 200 of the Nick D Podcast, and, uh, and uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing. Please continue to spread the word, like us. And please uh, continue to leave your voicemails. And if you want to be a sponsor, do that as well. We're celebrating 200 episodes today. And we're going to hear from uh, great interviews from the past, funny moments. And then Esmeralda and Slap Slapley and I are going to play some uh, crazy trivia in honor of the 200th episode. So thank you to everybody who listens, to everybody who subscribes. Wouldn't be here without you. Thanks to everybody. It's episode 200. And my thanks to Brian Alaspa who has uh, uh, been a listener to this podcast and a listener back for many, many years. And he's an incredible writer and an incredible author. And I've been happy to promote and talk about his book. Uh, and, 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 and it's been lovely. And yeah, let me tell you a little about this book before we dive into some old clips celebrating the 200 episodes of the Nick D podcast. But you definitely have to check this out. Hey there. Are you tired of that same old, the same old stories? Well, buckle up. Because Brian Alaspa's Devoured, yeah, that's right, Brian Alaspa's Devoured is about to take you on a wild ride. St. Louis is teetering on the edge with riots, unrest, and the mayor's downright stubborn insistence that the 4th of July must go on. But don't tell that to public safety manager Logan Field. He's got problems bigger than the most overcooked barbecue. With a deadly attack, a missing boy, and mysterious events that make your Aunt Sally's ghost stories look like a fairy tale, something sinister is brewing in the city. Logan's at his wit's end. The only help he can find is a struggling hunter and a professor who's a whiz with ancient evils. It sounds like the start of a bad joke, right? But there's nothing funny about what's awakening in St. Louis. So join the race against time as this unlikely trio faces down an evil as old as time itself. Think your commute's tough? Try saving a city from being, you guessed it, devoured. Brian Alaspa's Devoured will have you laughing and gasping and frantically flipping pages. So grab some popcorn, turn down those lights, and dive into a world where saving the city just might be the craziest 4th of July ever, and trust us, it's more exciting than a sparkler, and the only thing that might get burned is the midnight oil as you read till dawn. Brian Alaspa's Devoured. Thrilling, chilling, and the perfect way to spice up your summer. It's available now in paperback. 
for Kindle exclusively through Amazon.com. Brian Alaspa's Devoured. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jackoff. All right, let's start the celebration of episode number 200 of the Nick D podcast. Yeah, 200 episodes, starting back in uh, 2022. Um, and uh, so excited to be a part of uh, Radio Misfits, very excited. And we've uh, had so many great uh, uh, special guests and celebrities and so many fun moments. Um, Esmeralda Leon and I have been together since uh, years ago at uh, the old uh, WGN, which actually used to be a good radio station, but now is an embarrassment to the world. Um, and uh, we had a great time there and uh, been doing uh, a bunch of fun stuff. She, she appears with me on uh, every episode. I get to talk to her about whatever we want to talk about. We just uh, shoot the shit and have a good time. And uh, she will be joining me, uh, and uh, Slap Slapley will be joining uh, me as well in the segment after this for a special 200th episode edition of Slap Slapley's 80s, 90s Trivia Madness. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about those 200 episodes that we've been uh, doing this. Um, Before I get into playing back some great clips, because I've interviewed, I've been lucky enough to interview some incredible people, some interesting guests, some wonderful celebrities, some very cool people, some friends, some people that, um, you know, uh, wanted to just join me to celebrate things and talk about things. I've been lucky enough to have this outlet and this voice to talk about things I want to talk about, to entertain you, to review movies, to talk about pop culture and entertainment in every possible way, from books to theater to music to movies to pro wrestling to all of that stuff, all of my interests, all the stuff that makes me happy and all the stuff that I would like you to be happy about. Um, uh, sharing your phone calls, your voicemails, your emails, your magic megaphone requests, all of that stuff. And again, anytime you want to be a part of this show, uh, this podcast is as much yours as it is mine. So please call us anytime you want. Voicemail messages are encouraged with any of your thoughts or comments. 773-417-6948. That's been the number for 200 episodes. It's going to continue to be the number. I invite you to call it. Send us an email anytime you want. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. So having your participation has been amazing and having my friends' participation and really cool guests and people that I know and people that I just met having great celebrities. It's been an unbelievably satisfying way for me to get back into doing things that I used to love to do. And I love doing this podcast. Uh, I adore doing it. And I love being a part of Radio Misfits. Um, And you should, by the way, check out Radio Misfits 24-hour streaming service, which is free. It's like radio, only a lot cooler. Um, You can hear this podcast every day at 3 p.m. Central. And you can hear my other podcast, which is the Nick D podcast podcast of, of SNL. Uh, and that is called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years. You can hear that every day at 9 a.m. Central. 24 hours of free streaming services with great unheard music and incredible episodes from uh, of podcasts from this uh, network. And I've loved being a part of it, and it's been amazing. So I thought I would play back some of my favorite interviews and some of my favorite moments from the past 200 episodes. Um, um, but I would first like to take a moment to thank Esmeralda Leon, obviously, who's my partner in crime, who you will hear in, uh, in just a little bit, joining me as she always does, but we'll have our special guest, Slap Slapley. 
Um, Eric Childress and Steve Procopi are two professional movie critics, members of the Chicago Film Critics Association. Uh, I have been a film critic for over 37 years, a professional film critic here in Chicago. Um, and that is essentially the core of how I started in this business and how I maintain in this business. I've studied film. I know film. I know film like the back of my hand. I've been a film critic and, uh, and, and a student of film for my entire life. And I've been a film critic professionally for 37 years. And I've been reviewing movies forever. And I'm going to continue to do that. And I can't think of a, a pair of people that, I, that would be better to have on every other week to talk about the new movies. Because new movies opened up every week. And there are more movies than ever before because of streaming services and all kinds of stuff. So having Eric Childress and Steve Procopi join me every other week to talk new movies. It's a pleasure. And you guys love it. I get a lot of feedback on it. So, movie reviews, I want to thank Eric and Steve. Jim Ryan is my music guy. He writes for Forbes magazine. He's a music journalist. He reviews concerts. He interviews celebrities and musicians. He covers the music scene like nobody does in Chicago, and I am thrilled to have him as my music guy. So my thanks to Jim Ryan. Dan Feinberg is my TV guy. He writes for The Hollywood Reporter. He is with The Fine Print, F-I-E-N. He joins me every other week to talk about TV because there's so much TV to talk about, and you guys, based upon the feedback and what I love to do and what I love to talk about, you guys love TV as well. So Dan Feinberg, one of my favorite guests that I've ever had, he joins me regularly. So my thanks to Dan Feinberg talking TV. Marnie Shore, who is the managing editor over at The Takeout, which is an incredible food website. Check out thetakeout.com. Marnie Shore is amazing. We talk about food and have a lot of fun with her. Amy Guth, one of my other great partners in crime. I used to work with her at the, at the uh, car wash. She is a filmmaker and a journalist and a podcast host, one of the most fascinating, intelligent, and wonderful women I've ever met, one of the greatest people of all time. Thank you, Amy Guth, for being a regular on my show. Tom Appel who is our car expert, who is the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, joins me once a month for the For the People episodes where we talk about car-related issues and auto-related issues. He's an incredibly funny, incredibly interesting, and knows more about cars and can help you out with any car question that you have. So my thanks to Tom Appel. And the other For the People guest, once a month we hear from Herb Weisbaum, who is the consumer man, who you can see at checkbook.org. This guy has been helping people stay safe with their money, stay away from scams, and answer any and all of your consumer-related questions to keep you safe out there and your money safe. He cares about the consumer, and so every month we talk to Herb Weisbaum. So my thanks to Tom and Herb. Uh, my thanks to Monica Eng, who is an enormously talented and great journalist, a great foodie, uh, a wonderful author, a great writer. She works with Axios.com, Axios Chicago. Um, and she does an amazing job with that newsletter. She appears on the show to talk about news and food and all kinds of fun stuff. She's awesome. Keith Lipinski. Keith Lipinski is uh, Dr. Keith Lipinski is what he's known as in the wrestling circle. He works with AAW Wrestling here in Chicago. He is my pro wrestling connection. Love pro wrestling. I've been watching it since, you know, I've been a kid. And Keith joins me regularly to talk about pro wrestling. Uh, other couple of, of regular guests, Mike and Mia Kurz, who run Flashback Weekend, the horror convention that I've been a host at for 21 years. They join me. They run the Midway Drive-In in Dixon, Illinois. Um, and they're great. I love having them on regularly. Jen Bosworth is a fantastic actress and a writer um, um, who you know used to fill in over at uh, WGN, that stupid radio station, and she appears with me regularly too. So my thanks to uh, Esma, to Eric and Steve, Jim Ryan, Dan Feinberg, Marnie Shore, Amy Guth, Jen Bosworth, Tom Appel, Herb Weissbaum, Slap Slapley, Monica Eng, Keith Lipinski, Mike and Mia Kurz. Those are my regular guests that you hear pretty regularly on the show, sometimes uh, once a month, sometimes a couple of times a week. Um, but they are great, they're informative, and they're awesome. And then I love talking with Esmeralda 
uh, about the stuff that's not so regular. We have new topics every single day that we do this podcast. So, so my thanks to all of those people who have been involved. My thanks to all the people behind the scenes. And my thanks to you. So let's get in to the 200th episode here. And let's play back some great clips. Um, we're going to go back. Um, David Desmalchin. David Desmalchin is an incredible actor. Uh, has a lot of Chicago connections from here. Spent a lot of time here acting here. Um, he's been in a ton of movies and TV shows. He's had a pretty spectacular 2023 as well. He's appeared in a lot of movies. Um, and uh, he was kind enough to join me. He's a really great guy. He's been on Sven Gulli. He's really good friends with Rich Coase. Who, by the way, my thanks to Rich Coase. I for, I'm, I'm really should mention that Rich Coase was the very first guest on this podcast after I got fired unceremoniously from that idiotic station and decided that I was going to do a podcast. I reached out to Rich and said, uh, would you please be on my podcast? He said, I would be honored and thrilled, and I could think of n- nothing better to do than to be your first guest. So the very, very first guest on the very, very first episode, 199 episodes ago, was the one, the only Rich Coase, a.k.a. the great Sven Gulli. So my thanks and admiration and love is poured out to Rich Coase. So he was the very first guest. Well, David Desmalchin has appeared on Rich's show a bunch of times. He's appeared in a ton of movies. He's an amazing guy, and I had a great conversation with him. Uh, he was also in the film version of Dune, uh, part one. Part two is coming out in March. It was supposed to come out this year, but the goddamn strike, they delayed it. But anyway, David Desmalchin appeared in Dune, part one. And uh, I kind of like uh, the books, and I kind of liked the movie. And when I talked to David, who is an amazing dude and a, and a wonderful friend, we got to talking a little bit about Dune. That's Melchin. I don't know if you, I don't know if you, did we talk about how much I am fucking obsessed with Dune? I mean, before the movie, <laughs> how how much I how much I love the books, how much I worship Frank Herbert, um, and uh, I I even look. I know a lot of people piss on it. I back Lynch's version. I do. Yeah, man. It, of course, there's and, so much incredible artistry in that film, and there's so much like just boundary pushing yep. science fiction visual yep. uh, succulence that just like and the performances he gets with the cast is phenomenal. I mean, I'm sitting in my office right now with a spinning rack of famous monster and Dracula lives magazines on one side of me, and behind me a framed uh, old uh, parchment with fear is the mind killer uh, printed boldly on it. And it's been there for a very long time. So you can imagine, you know, my lifelong obsession with Herbert and Dune in particular, which I've always felt was a significant piece of literature, not just science fiction. I always felt this was a really important piece of lit that people need to read whatever their proclivities are when it comes to the kind of lit that they generally absorb. And, I've known Denis for several years now. He gave me one of my first breaks. I mean, he put me in his film Prisoners back in yep. 2013, yep. Uh, which really had a huge impact on my work. And um, and we've collaborated together three times now. And when he told me he wanted me to play Piter Tabriz, oh, um, I just literally <laughs> had to go change my pants. I, you know, it's funny because you're saying what's what you're surrounded by. To my right uh, are a stack of books and the bookends – that I have uh, one side is the tail of a worm and the other side is the head of the worm. So it looks like, it looks like the sandworm is coming through my books. Amazing. Uh, It's, it's so, so, but no, I'm a huge, I just want to say, first of all, Denis did it, man. Uh, That's all I'm saying. Uh, I could go on for hours, but I was like, okay, please, please, please. And he did it. He made, as far as I'm concerned, the quintessential, a book that I thought was impossible to adapt. 
Yes. Um, and he did it, man. He did it. And yes. again, you know, we got the second part coming out next year and I can't even explain to you, but when it was over, like I, I went to, they had, a, I'm sure you, well, you know this, you participated in it. They uh, had like a 10 minute preview in last July yes. in theaters in IMAX. And you were interviewed during the segments and all that stuff. And they showed a couple of sequences. They showed the first 10 minutes and they showed the first spice mining scene. And I cried. I was crying, David. I was in the theater, like, yeah. crying because I was like, <gasps> and the goddamn score. I mean, I, everything about it, the cat, everything, it's perfect, man. And you were is. amazing in it. You were Thanks. so good. Thanks, man. Thank you. I was um, so honored to be a part of it. And, and I made some lifelong friends on it. And, again, getting to, to be there privy to Denny's ma- mad yeah. brilliance is such God. a gift. And um, he really did. He, he brought – the book to life in a way that I, I didn't know was possible. And I'm so, I'm so grateful for him in the world of film because he bridges that gap, you know, the way that, um, you know, some filmmakers that were getting the honor of living during their, their kind of primes do the Nolans, the Jenkins, the, you know, these, these filmmakers that have just like elevated large scale, uh, chain theater movie going experiences with, film that will go down and people can look at you know 50 or 100 years from now and be like that was a really important piece of of movie making yeah and that's the great david dismalchin a great friend a terrific actor um and who has been doing magnificent work uh over the years and it was an honor to have him on and a thrill he's a good guy he's a he's a great dude uh steven tobolowski is another guy who has been a regular friend of mine back for many many years i think i've been friends with david for i think it's been 15, 16 years that we've been friends. He was a regular on my old show at the WGN, and he's been on this podcast several times. He also uh, made an appearance on my Saturday Night Live podcast. And by the way, you should subscribe to that podcast right now. That show hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast, a celebration of everything Saturday Night Live. If you're a fan of SNL and you don't subscribe to the podcast, uh, you should subscribe right now because there's something wrong with you. It's the best SNL podcast there is. Anyway, Tobo appeared on that SNL podcast. He's been on a bunch of times. And, he's t- and, and one of the great things about Stephen Tobolowsky, who's appeared in hundreds of movies, you know, you've seen him in Thelma and Louise, you've seen him in uh, uh, the Sneakers, you've seen him Single White Female, he's been on television, on Glee, and you know, on One Day at a Time, and of course, Groundhog Day. The guy's been in a million movies, and he's one of the greatest storytellers on the planet. Uh, he was also in a movie called Radioland Murders, which was produced by George Lucas. Now, Stephen Tobolowsky has told a million great stories, and you can check out uh, his website and his and the podcast that he used to do that he still does every once in a while called the Stephen Tobolowsky Files, the Tobolowsky Files. He is one of the greatest storytellers of all time, and he has a great, unbelievable amount of movie-making and show business story stories that are just jaw-droppingly entertaining and beautifully told. But I'm going to play this one again. This is one of my favorites that he told uh, just a bunch of many, many episodes ago right here on this podcast. This is when he was working with George Lucas on the movie um, uh, Radio Land Murders. And uh, he tells this incredible story. This might be one of my favorite Stephen Tobolowsky stories of all time. So the great Stephen Tobolowsky tells this hilarious story about a meltdown he had while working with George Lucas on Radio Land Murders. wanted to change the order of the acts that were on stage. So we had to reshoot something like 80 pages in two days, two, three days. I mean, it's an amazing amount. We were up, we were up, it was the longest I was ever awake straight. I was up for 33 hours. Wow. uh, During that period of time, redoing stuff we had already done just to change it. And to finish it, George wanted to shoot my scene uh, where, uh, gosh, I think it it was just me and I think with Mary Stewart, I think 
just the two of us, and I'm leaving, and I'm leaving. And I was booked for a pilot in Los Angeles, and we were shooting in South Carolina. Oh, and man. I had to get on this plane. And so we're up at dawn. I've been up 33 hours, and George is shooting, and I'm, I'm dressed in my old-timey suit, my 1930s suit with my 1930s eyeglasses that I can't see out of. And we do the scene. We do everything, and then we walk off. I get my bags. I'm jumping in the car to go to the airport to catch my plane, and they run up and say, Stephen, Stephen, we have a problem. George put his thumb on the camera lens, and we have to reshoot your scene. I go ballistic. It's the one, now. Can we swear on your your? Uh, yes, you can. Fuck yes. Okay. Okay. So this is this is kind of what happened. I went. He went. What? George fucking Lucas put his thumb on the. Oh. Okay. 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 I'll tell you what. Okay. Okay. And I walk up to George and I walk. Okay. You idiots. You idiots. I have to be in Los Angeles now. You fucking imbeciles. Okay. Look, George Lucas, you're coming to town. You do Star Wars. Great. Oh man. And now you put your thumb on the lens. You have one time, one time to shoot this scene one more time. And then I'm off to Los Angeles and get it right this time. And, and so George shoots it. I get in the car. Somewhere after I boarded the plane and we just took off, I thought, oh, no. What did I just do? Oh, God. Did I just end my career? What a terrible, terrible thing I could have done. And uh, I landed. I did the first read-through of the pilot. And then I called George Lucas up on the phone. And I said, George, George. This is Stephen in Los Angeles. I am so, so sorry. I was so tired. And, and he starts laughing on the other end of the phone. And he says, don't worry about it. We got the shot. And to tell you the truth, it was the most fun, most fun I had the whole time I was there. He said it was a blast. So anyway, I felt like I, at least he graced me with his reprieve. And then my thanks to uh, Steven Sobolowski. Just a, an amazing guy, a great friend, a terrific actor. And the guy still works, you know, 25 things a year. He's in everything. Couldn't be a nicer dude uh, and a great dude. Steven Sobolowski, one of my favorite stories. So uh, thank him for appearing as part, being a part of the first 200 episodes. Uh, another great celebrity who I got to interview. Many of the, A lot of the celebrities in the horror genre I get to meet because of my work with the Flashback Weekend Horror Convention. I've been a host and a moderator and uh, and a behind the scenes dude at the flashback weekend for uh, for all the years it's been around since it's uh, 2002 was the very first flashback convention and I've been a part of it since then and my thanks to Mike and Mia Kurz for um, you know for letting me be there and I get to do great uh, uh, stuff there and moderate Q and A's and meet a lot of celebrities and I become friends with some of the celebrities and one of them is P J Souls a legendary actress who appeared totally in Halloween. She's in Carrie Rock and Roll High School. She was in Stripe. She's been in a ton of stuff. She's a wonderful woman, and she has appeared on this podcast. And in celebration of the 200 episodes, I thought I'd play back a, a nice little story that PJ Souls told about working on this um, <laughs> 1977 TV movie called The Possessed. Um, with uh, Joan Hackett and James Ferentino. And uh, this is a story that PJ, a lovely woman, PJ Souls, who you know from all those great movies, tells about working 
uh, on this movie, particularly with Harrison Ford. Well, tell me about if you re- what, what you remember about making The Possessed with Joan Hackett. Well, I think we shot it up in, in Portland or Seattle. I can't remember which. We were at a girl, actual real girls' school, so they flew us up there. And I just remember, again, a, a nice camaraderie because there were like six girls all together. You know, I had one of the smaller parts. It wasn't the lead. Uh, what is Ann Dusenberry? I think she was the lead. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Joan Hackett, of course. We all knew James Farentino. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and Harrison Fordy invited me and this other girl out, Susan. I can't remember her last name. And <laughs> he invited us out the first night. <laughs> oh, I thought he's playing footsies with us under the under wow. the table. Wow. And I just kept saying, "Aren't you married?" Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so. That's my Harrison Ford story. <laughs> Harrison Ford taking you out and playing footsies with you. Wow. Yeah, and, they, and there were six girls, but I was the first one to say no, so I don't know what happened after that. <laughs> I never heard. But nobody knew him then, but I'm sure afterwards. There's PJ Souls, uh, a, a, a lovely woman and one of my favorite actresses and just a delight to interview and hang out with and uh, happy that she's been a part of uh, the 200 episodes of uh, the Nick D podcast. Love PJ. She's great. And that's a great story. She always tells fantastic stories. Um, one of my favorite guests that I've ever had on the podcast, uh, and I'm honored to have had, is um, the incredible Suzanne Vega, um, one of the greatest singer-songwriters in the history of music, um, whose music I have loved since 1985, and who I have followed around the country. I've seen her multiple, multiple, multiple times here in Chicago and never pl- and, and other places. And I've spent a significant amount of money going to New York to see her there because she is New York. And so many of her incredible songs are about New York. Well, uh, she made a film um, last year and uh, I got to interview her and I got to meet her and hang out with her a little bit. And she's coming to town actually in April and I'm going all three shows to that. And I'll get to meet her and hang out with her backstage. She was kind enough to be a guest on my podcast. And um, it's one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done in my life, not just in the 200 episodes of this podcast, but in my radio career and everything. Uh, Interviewing Suzanne Vega on that day was one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done. She was incredible and caring and giving and open and fun. Uh, And by the way, behind the scenes, the technical shit that we had to go through to get Suzanne connected and on the line with us, it was a nightmare, um, and uh, it ate up a lot of time that I had had because you book, you know, when, when when you book a celebrity or somebody big to be on your podcast, you know, you only have them for a specific amount of time. They are busy. They're you got to squeeze squeeze an hour in here or forty five minutes in here into a schedule that's full for them. And because of all the technical snafus and problems and all the bullshit that we had trying to get her technically connected so that we could do the interview, a lot of time was eaten up. But she stayed longer, um, and she was nice enough to move her schedule around so that we could do almost a full hour. Uh, and I love that. So uh, here's me talking to Suzanne Vega um, about one of my favorite Suzanne Vega songs of all time and a song that actually got me through a very, very dark period of my life. Um, I will tell you when, when I got fired from WGN, there was a very weird uh, period where I, um, you know, I, I share this with all of my, my, my subscribers and listeners and people from, who listen to me on the radio. I'm a recovering alcoholic. And as a result of me getting fired after 35 years of the job, I actually fell off the wagon and went through a really dark, dark period of time. Took a year away from everything to reboot and then started this podcast. And in that dark period of time, I listened to a lot of Suzanne's music. And one of the songs I listened to is a song called Tired of Sleeping. So when I had the incredible honor, the unbelievable thrill, and the unbelievable privilege of interviewing Suzanne Vega, um, I was very selfishly going to ask her about that song. So here's me talking to Suzanne Vega. Talk about uh, what inspired you to write uh, 
uh, tired of sleeping. Um, oh, tired of sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's a, it's for me and obviously people interpret songs their own way. And I have a personal connection to it during that period of my, of, of my life, that dark period. For some reason it, it was apropos of where my mind was. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And so, but where, tell me about the writing of, of tired of sleeping for very selfish reasons. Cause I'm a, you know, I want to hear about it. Yeah, sure. Um, that was a weird time for me too. Um, the success of Solitude Standing had sort of brought a lot of things up to the surface. Um, so after that, I was exhausted and I spent a lot of time sleeping, to be honest. Uh, mm. I was trying to take care of my health and and I was having really weird dreams, some of them very disturbing. And I'd, I had had that before. I had all through my 20s, I had terrible nightmares um, uh, of various types. And I started to write about it um, a bit. And so somehow in the in this song, I'm sort of trying to reassure my mother that everything really is okay. Um, you know, uh, even though it's an ironic song, because obviously you can see by the content of the dreams that everything is not okay. Yeah. Uh, that things are dire. Things are really weird. Things are, um, they're surreal and they're distorted. Uh, and But there's this sense of trying to make it right. Um, and to be honest, uh, I it's a song that I just went with. It's, there are some songs I just do that with. I don't uh, have a, it's not like I have a theme or a, a message yeah. or yeah. B- beforehand. I just sort of wade in there. And I work from the images themselves and sometimes directly from the dream. So the whole thing about the clean quilted heart, uh, there was some question as to whether the word was quilt or guilt. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it was a play on words there. And, uh, and I just, I just went with it. I sort of put it in the form that I could find and then left it there. Um, And it's a very, uh, it's a song that even now sometimes it touches me in a way, or I feel I feel tears when I yeah. sing it or when I think of it. Um, so I can't describe it really any better than that. But it's sort of like trying to reassure my mother, you know, uh, or that that things will be okay, uh, even though I myself was not sure they were going to be. Um, okay, I'm kind of losing it right yeah. now, Suzanne, because that's exactly how I was feeling at the time. Exactly how I yeah. was feeling at the time. <sighs> okay. Anyway, thank you for that song. Uh, and, and yeah, help, sure. And, and getting there, you go. That's uh, Suzanne Vega. One of my one of the highlights of my career uh, was interviewing her, and uh, she's coming back to Chicago for three separate shows in April, and I get to go backstage. So there you go. All right. Another rock and roll friend of mine, someone that I can't believe who became a friend of mine, Bill Janovitz, who is a singer songwriter and member of the band uh, Buffalo Tom, which is one of my favorite rock and roll bands of all time, who are responsible for some of my favorite music of all time. Who uh, Bill Janovitz, who actually wrote my favorite song of all time, a song called "Taillights Fade." Um, over the years, I've gotten to know Bill. Uh, you know, uh, in the '90s, I, I worshipped Buffalo Tom, and then as time went by, somehow I got connected with the band. I got to meet Bill. He wrote music for a play that I wrote and directed many years ago, and we've been friends ever since. Well, since then, and not only is he a great singer-songwriter and a member of Buffalo Tom, but he's also an incredible author. And this year, he wrote a book called "Leon Russell: The Master of Space and Time's Journey." 
uh, through rock and roll history. It's all about the great Leon Russell. And uh, I talked to Bill here on this podcast talking about that book, which you should pick up because it's fantastic. It's a book about Leon Russell. And uh, part of what he talks about in the intro to the book is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And that always gets Bill going a little bit. So the great Bill Janovitz from Buffalo Town, the author of the Leon Russell book, and I, we talked about uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Here is the first time that Warren Zevon has ever been on the ballot for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, which to me is just insane. <laughs> a, yeah. I mean, it's absolutely insane that he was never on the ballot, that he's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I don't want to name other, I don't want to be petty and name other acts who are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Bon Jovi. Uh, but um, that aren't, and while he isn't, and it's one of those things, it's like, how important is it for people? And you talk about that in the preface of the book about, you know, you set the book up where, where it's like Elton John found him. And, and well, first of all, really quickly, what do you think of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Um, I, th- as far as the institution, let's put the hall aside, the actual yeah. inductions. and all, uh, From an institutional perspective, the library, the museum, and the people that work there, I, I have nothing but A plus for. Yeah. I, I think it's a fantastic resource. And the people there are true believers, true lovers, and true scholars of the music. Uh, Andy Leach is one of my favorite guys. He's in charge of the library there. And uh, I love it. Um, I love going there. And yeah. uh, now, I've, been there twi- I've been there twice myself. It's great. Yeah, it really is. And now the 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 idea of inducting people into a Hall of Fame, let you know, if you're going to compare it to something, I mean, you've got the sports Hall of Fames, which are, you know, they've got their controversies, but they're usually based in 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 metrics, you know, in in actual numbers. Sure. With this, you, you I don't think it. I don't think it should exist in the form that it's in. Uh, it, I think that I love the idea of honoring people. Um, you know, award ceremonies, that sort of thing we can all kind of argue about. But if you're going to do this, if you're going to have a Hall of Fame, then you have to have some metrics, you know, yeah, you have to. Yeah. But it's it's a subjective art form. I mean, all right. Is it is it record sales? I mean, you know, I mean, even the people that are on the nominating committee, I think the head, John Landau, who I spoke to, who is John, who is Bruce Springsteen's manager. He doesn't even know. It's right. like there's only <laughs> there's only like right. the only criteria. He said it was deliberately left open. Okay, well, then it becomes completely up to the political and other whims of the people that are on this shadowy committee. Yeah, yeah right, <laughs> you know? right. Yeah. And um, so, all right. So if you're gonna have it, then you've gotta you've gotta be able to answer to why certain people are in it or are not in it. What constitutes rock and roll, first of all? Right. Uh, you know, blah blah blah. So we can yeah. waste all this breath on it. But so. The fact that Leon was not in it was incredible, but he did a lot of disservice to his own career over the years, and he had kind of diminished his own legacy. So, understood. Uh, he yeah. didn't do press, you know. Okay, I mean, you know, you know. But then they kind of get so it takes years of lobbying by this first round balloter, uh, Elton John, and 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 a number of others, by the way, to get him in there. And when they finally uh, induct him, it's not as an artist. It's as what used to be called a sideman right. category, right. but they changed right. it for that year right. Right. into <laughs> musical excellence or some bullshit. Right, you know? right. It's exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but it's crazy because this, first of all, it, it does a disservice to the other session men because Leon was a session man, but he had, he had left that behind in 1968 or something and became this gigantic artist. I mean, gigantic, wrote no fewer than, as I say in the book, four standards, uh, you know, A Song for You, This Masquerade, Tightrope, Superstar. I mean, I could kind of go on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they kind of diminish his legacy by just putting him in. Uh, whatever. I, I see we've already. Yeah. Uh, you get me riled up. Now. I know. I'm. 
I get I get Bill riled up. <laughs> That's the great Bill Janovitz from uh, Buffalo Town. Buffalo Town, by the way, has a new album uh, that is uh, soon coming out. And uh, his book, Leon Russell, The Master of Space and Time's Journey Through Rock and Roll History, is a fantastic book, and you should check it out. An honor always to talk to Bill Janovitz. Uh, as you know, I'm a big pro wrestling fan, and in this celebration of the 200 episodes of the Nick D Podcast, I talk a lot about pro wrestling. I unapologetically love it. I watch it all the time. I watch AEW. I watch WWE. I go to AAW shows here in Chicago. Um, I have Keith Lipinski on regularly to talk about it, and I was unbelievably honored and thrilled to have the great Al Snow on the podcast. He was with a whole bunch of companies in ECW, and he was with WWE for a very long time. He runs his own wrestling federation now, and he also does stand-up comedy, and he was touring the country, stopped here in Chicago at Zany's, and we talked about his comedy, and we talked about wrestling, and one of the things we talked about uh, with the great Al Snow here, an incredible wrestler legend, uh, and in this uh, clip, you'll hear us talking about how much people think they know about wrestling. Like everybody thinks they know the behind the scenes and what's really going on in the world of kayfabe and knowing what's behind and what's really going on and what are the inner workers of wrestling. And you never really know. And the great Al Snow and I talk about that right in here in this clip. The, the whole behind the scenes thing is I've, I find it you know strange as a wrestling fan for my entire life. Um, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's amazing to me now how everybody knows what kayfabe is and and all this you know what i mean they don't but they don't don't. is it yeah that's the thing yeah 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 Yeah, it's it's i i I state this all the time like you could we live in a world of of easy access to information and unfortunately we have now come under the assumption that and we equate that knowledge is information no they're not In order to have real knowledge on any topic, whatever it might be, you have to have a certain amount of information and then you have a commensurate amount of experience together combined gives you an actual understanding of the topic, which means you actually have real knowledge. If you have just access to information, that means you now have an opinion, which we all have just like assholes and they all stink. So, you know. And you, yeah, you're entitled to it. You're also entitled to keep it to yourself. I mean, yeah, you don't really true. need to know. It's true. But it's it's so, funny too because a lot of this, like a lot of the, uh, uh, a lot of this kind of like everybody thinks they know now. Even even casual fans sure. are like, yeah, I know what kayfabe is, and I know what this is, and right. I know the difference yeah. between a shoot and a work and all this other stuff. Well, no. then then that's used by people in AEW, yes. or people in WWE to trick you. You're still mm-hmm. a mark. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're still it's still a work. Yeah. Ultimately, because what they and that. Look, that's nothing new yeah and 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 so you're also like i tried to clear this up like you know uh there's domer that only just recently did the uh general population have a bit of a collective intellect that amounted to enough to where they figured out that wrestling was predetermined yeah yeah um you know in 19 i tell this to all the all the people that i train in 1976 I proudly proclaimed to my both sides of my ex- family and my extended family, who I love very dearly, but I don't really know if any of them are card-carrying geniuses. You know what I mean? Like Menza candidates. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, I said I want to be a professional wrestler, and every one of them all laughed at me and said, why do you want to do that? That's fake. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I can't, you know um, – you know, I can't tell you that was that was pretty common knowledge. So, right, right, um, right. And uh, you know, that was that was pretty 
pretty known. I mean, my yeah. grandparents, my grandma, and they never, none of them had ever been a professional wrestler. I mean, how did they know? Well, because everybody knew. Yeah. And, and the, the thing that I keep trying to explain to the younger talent is everybody knew, but yet thousands upon thousands of people continued to pay to see it, watch it on TV, um, you know, were rabidly following it. Why? Yeah. Because yeah. the performers could allow you to believe and get swept up in the emotion and care. Yeah. Uh, great insight from one of the greatest pro wrestlers and performers and entertainers in the world of uh, wrestling history. Uh, an honor to have Al Snow on the, uh, on the podcast as part of the 200th show uh, celebration. Another amazing guest that I had on uh, that I want to play a clip of is Alan Howworth. Alan Howworth is an incredible film composer, an unbelievable musician, a great sound effects engineer, just a great uh, technical guy who is on the cusp of technology in the world of music and has been since the day early days of Moog synthesizers and keyboards and uh, audio tricks and things like that. Well, he worked a lot with John Carpenter. He composed a lot of music with John Carpenter and played with John Carpenter and is on the credits uh, along with John Carpenter for composing music for a bunch of his movies. And he worked on other movies as well and behind the scenes things. Um, Alan Howworth, again, was part of the Flashback Horror Convention, played a great concert just this past summer there. And I got to interview him and it was a great, great interview uh, for, you know, talking about the many, many years he spent doing sound effects and special effects and technology and composing music and of course I asked him you know a little bit behind uh, what's the history of how about how you and John Carpenter got started because he worked on some classic movies with Carpenter in the world of music so here's Alan Howarth talking about how he started working with John Carpenter so all right so Star Trek the motion picture the picture editor is a fellow named Todd Ramsey and his next assignment is a movie called Escape from New York yep and I had promoted myself as a musician to Todd and he liked me and so I originally was cast as uh, a sound effects person to do futuristic sounds for Escape from New York. And then there was an opportunity. Uh, Carpenter had worked with a fellow named uh, Dan Wyman at a studio called Sound Arts. And I don't know the dynamics there, but there was it was an opportunity for John to quote, see who, what else is out there. And so Todd said, you know, you, to Carpenter, he said, you know, you should meet this guy, Alan. He's a pretty cool. I bet you guys get along. Well, we're the same age. Um, he, I'm Ohio, he's Kentucky, so we have similar cultural backgrounds. Yeah. So John came over to my little Star Trek sound design studio, and we sat there for about three hours, and I played him sounds, and I had all my synths set up, and and at the time it was, uh, you know, analog tape recordings. There was no digital anything. Uh, we sat, hung out for about three hours, and then he goes, John goes, yeah, let's do it. So my first film score is now working with John Carpenter on Escape from New York. That's amazing. So, so, so John Carpenter's art, all his movies, and then Star Trek were like the two pillars of my Hollywood '80s career. And then hung, you, you know, on that you hang all the rest of the stuff, uh, whether it's Raiders of the Lost Ark or Back to the Future or Hunt for Red October or Dracula. All those were people that I met either as a sound effects community or being with John Carpenter, and it worked out great because. He didn't want to know anything about the technical, and I was totally into it. I mean, I'm down to circuit boards, right? right? So I I had the studio at my house, so the idea was he would bring his move over, hang out with me, and we would create the music for his movies. Unbelievable stories. Uh, unbelievable musician. Uh, uh, his appearance at Flashback just this past summer was incredible, and his concert was great. I got to introduce him. It was his birthday 
that night. Uh, it was fun. A terrific guest, Alan Haworth, a composer, great guy. An honor to have him on as we celebrate the 200th anniversary. Uh, 200th anniversary. Yeah, we've been around for 200 years. The 200th episode of the Nick D Podcast. One of my favorite films of 2023, in fact, number two on my list of the best movies of the year, is a film called Birth Rebirth, and it was co-written and directed by Laura Moss, and they are an amazing filmmaker. This is their very first full-length feature. They've done shorts in the past, and it is a movie that is kind of a derivation on Frankenstein, which, oddly enough, my third favorite movie of the year is Poor Things, which is also a variation on Frankenstein, uh, and uh, bringing uh, life to, uh, to death and a small girl, and it's about two women who uh, experiment to try to keep a young girl alive. Uh, it is twisted. It is influenced by people like David Cronenberg. It's uh, body horror, but also black comedy, and also really moving and really beautifully acted. Uh, it's called Birth Slash Rebirth. Birth Rebirth. It's available now. It's streaming. It's the second best movie of 2023, and one of the best movies I've seen in a long time, and one of the greatest directorial debuts, feature directorial debuts I've ever seen. I love the movie. I love Laura Moss, the filmmaker, an incredible writer, an incredible director, and an unbelievably cool person. So I had them on to talk about Birth Rebirth, which again was having its theatrical release at the time. Uh, debuted at the Chicago Film Critics uh, Festival back in May. I saw it there, flipped my lid, met Laura, had a conversation, said, when this movie gets released and when it starts streaming, I want to have you on my podcast to talk about how great and twisted body horror, black comedy, lovely movie this is. One of the best movies ever. And I loved having Laura on. And uh, when Laura and I were talking, we were talking about favorite horror movies. We got along great. We got along magnificently. We have very similar tastes in horror movies and very similar senses of humor. And uh, they and I really got along very well. Uh, so here is Laura Moss and I, the filmmaker, director of Birth Rebirth, talking about favorite horror movies and bad dates. It's incredible. If you could make lists of your, what are your favorite horror movies? Uh, do you have, is, oh, I know it's, it's sometimes hard to narrow down, but do you have some that pop into your skull? Right, you well, know? so, I mean, it's interesting you bring up, I mean, I guess I brought up Dead Ringers when we first met. Like yeah. I, um, it's and that movie's kind of horror adjacent, and that's kind of how I think of my stuff. It uh, is, you know, yeah, it's, I don't yeah. know that it's really a horror movie, but it's one that I just kind of keep coming back to and coming back to. Yeah. Um, I'm a big John Carpenter fan, kind He's of the everything. Best. He's um, the best. Yeah. Like, I love him. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, They Live is something that I just yeah. like come back to over and over again. Yeah. And see, this is why you and I, this is why this is why you and I get along so well. <laughs> Cronenberg, yeah. Carpenter, that's it. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, speaking of traumatizing my little brothers, I do remember us all going to the movies as a family, and mm -hmm. he was really little. And um, Event Horizon was playing, and oh. my best friend's wedding was playing. And he and and I insisted that we all go see Event Horizon, <laughs> and he couldn't make it through. He was little, oh, and uh, man. and I think I had to take him out, and I think we watched my best friend's wedding like that's the best <laughs> yeah. that is the best my best friend's wedding or event horizon let's event go to horizon. event horizon <laughs> yeah. oh god that is funny boy yeah um it's funny uh, you mentioned uh, you know dead ringers i will mention very quickly i actually took a girl on a first date to see that movie oh my god did not work that's out well that's all great i'm saying date movie. one of my first dates i, I was in this quote-unquote movie club that was just me and this one guy and uh and our, our the first time we hooked up it was a racer head which i still think of as a date movie <laughs> yeah 
yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, Eraserhead is just, you know, it's still my favorite Lynch movie. Um, yeah. Of all of them. But yeah, no, the, the, and the, 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 the payoff here, the kickoff here is that, um, I had already seen Dead Ringers and I took her like as a test. I was like, this chick will be cool if she likes Dead oh, Ringers. Total dick. That's, yeah, it's Total a, that's a dick, dick move. No, it's a complete <laughs> dick move. There's no question about it. I know that. I was like 23. I was like, yeah, I'm going to take this. I actually did that on a first date with Melancholia. I was like, you know what? If, 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 if this guy, and he wasn't even into movies. This guy wasn't even really into movies. It was such a dud that, that date. Yeah. Ooh, that, it's, but, you, but you knew you had you seen it already? Uh, no, but I but, mean, I, I but you knew, knew Von, Von Trier, Trier. So yeah, like, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. uh, this is going to be a heavy thing. Yeah, yeah. I knew that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Not as big a dick move as mine, but, it, <laughs> but, but nonetheless, uh, uh, there you go. Laura Moss, an incredibly talented writer and unbelievably gifted filmmaker. The movie Birth Rebirth. It's a must see the second best film of 2023 and it's streaming now. A great guest, Laura Moss. All right legendary character actor who's been in a million things, was also at Flashback Weekend, was kind enough to do my podcast. Uh, an absolute blast to talk to this guy, Leo Rossi. Leo Rossi has been in a ton of movies, um, including Heart Like a Wheel, which is one of my favorite movies that he's ever done. He was in uh, River's Edge. He was in Halloween 2. He's been in a ton of movies, including Analyze This. Uh, Leo Rossi, an incredible character and an unbelievably nice guy. It's very weird when I'm booking uh, guests for this podcast to hear a voicemail uh, from Leo Rossi saying, Hey, Leo Rossi, it's, it's me. Le- hey, Nikki D, it's Leo Rossi. And he kept calling me Nikki D. And at Flashback Weekend the entire weekend, he and his lovely wife and I hung out a lot. I did his Q&A. We've become friends, and uh, I keep in contact with him. And he was fantastically entertaining on my podcast and celebrating 200 episodes of the Nick D podcast. Here's me and Leo Rossi, the great actor, talking about Analyze This. Cool. It was like, Analyze This. Yeah, Nobody man. wanted to make that movie yeah. because, number one, uh, what would what, what you say? Bob De Niro doing a comedy? Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Right. You know, and Billy Crystal, he had two flops. He had Andre the Giant. Yeah. He had uh, something about Paris. Yeah. So they were really uh, tough, you know, and um, – and our, and, like, our, and, our, and our old friend, the great, the late great, Harold Ramis. Um, oh, what? I mean, a Chicago guy. Absolutely. My hero. One of my heroes. One of my heroes. One of the nicest. Both, his wife produced the play mm-hmm. I did, a Tennessee Williams play. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, Harold, well, I'll tell you Harold Ramis' story. Yeah. Okay? In New York, when you film in New York City, at lunch, people don't go to the caterer. They go to the, the the Veal Cutler place. They go to this pizza joint. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so they have this beautiful catered meal, and nobody goes to eat it. Well, Harold and I, we had a standing date that we would go and eat, you know, and then he would take a nap and I would take a nap. Uh, <laughs> right? And so we're talking, yeah. and he tells, me, he tells me a story, which is beautiful. Um when the casting was going on, uh, De Niro had final say on all the mob guys. Okay. You know, Harold said, yeah, he'll do that. But everybody else, Harold wanted who he wanted. So it was Harold, you know, wanted Lisa Kudrow to play Billy's wife. Mm-hmm. Bob wanted some other actress. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, they were really getting down to it. And then three, three or four days before they started, Harold says, no, Bob, I'm going with Lisa. Mm-hmm. And he said, De Niro, it was like a movie. You're a hack, you're a hack, you're fucking shit, you made all this fucking movie. What did yeah. you ever make, you mother puppy? Right? Yeah. yeah. And Harold said, I had the phone and I, I put it away from me and I looked and I went, Bob De Niro's cursing at me. This is, he took delight in it. <laughs> of course he did. That's fantastic. <laughs> and then he gets, he said, Bob, um, uh, I'm going to go with Lisa and I'm going to forget you called me a hack. <laughs> Leo Rossi, incredible stories, incredible guy. Uh, you should go back and check out that entire interview. It's pretty great. And by the way, you should go back and check out all of these full interviews because I talk to these people for at least 45, 50, sometimes an hour. Uh, and all of the uh, episodes are archived right here at RadioMisfits.com. Every single episode, all 200 of them now, are archived. Go back re- and subscribe and check out all of the podcast episodes. He can hear all the interviews. Malcolm Daynair. Malcolm Daynair is a terrific actor who has appeared in a bunch of great stuff, too, including uh, Lords of Discipline and Christine um, and Heaven Help Us uh, and uh, so many other uh, uh, terrific movies. Well, he was also a guest at the Flashback Horror Convention uh, to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Christine, which we did, and it was fantastic, and the car was there at the convention. By the way, Flashback Horror Convention, you really have to check it out. By the way, this year, they're announcing some more coming up uh, in August, in August of 2024. Uh, Jane Levy has been... Um, has been uh, already uh, announced as a guest. Jane Levy from, you know, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and she's been in a ton of movies, including Evil Dead remake and Don't Breathe. Um, and she's going to be there, and I'm doing her Q&A, and she's going to be on this podcast. So the one, the only Zoe from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and all these other great movies, she's going to be at Flashback in August. She'll be on the show. So Jane Levy's going to be a part of it. Mike and Mia outdo themselves every year. Anyway, Malcolm Daynair has been in a ton of movies, and we talked about a lot of them. He was a delight as well, a great guy. And one of my favorite movies that he's in is this Catholic school movie called Heaven Help Us. And uh, I talked about how much I love it, and he talked about some of the stuff he loved from making that movie. My favorite scene in that movie, it's not a huge scene, um, but it's the scene that I'm doing with Yardley Smith oh, sure. in the back of the car. Absolutely. When she's, when she's telling Caesar, you know, how much she likes something that he wrote. And and he he's so... Yeah. Yeah. pompous about it yeah. it's so i i, I what it I, was really i love yeah, that scene so, too and for people who don't know that's the voice of lisa simpson you go out on a date yeah. with the voice of lisa simpson in that movie but that scene that you're <laughs> talking about i love that scene too i think it's wonderful and what i really love about it is that's the the paper that you plagiarized is that is the th- yeah exactly <laughs> that is the paper <laughs> that's the paper that i plagiarized I, and he's like well i did do that rather well didn't i exactly i, I love- <laughs> It, it was just so, it's so perfect. I mean, yeah. I, I just remember, you know, it was really interesting because I speak to Michael Dinner quite a bit. And I said to him, I said, Michael, you know, this is many, 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 many years later. Michael Dinner is the director of that film. Yeah. And I said, Michael, you know, how did, how did you, how did I do what I did in that film? Because it was so different from all the other things. And I said, why did you just didn't really, you gave me a lot of, fun direction but you never told me how to he goes if i would have told you anything different 
I would have killed I would have killed you as the character and you wouldn't have done what you did in that film. I was like, yeah. wow, well, thank you. So yeah. I, I, I appreciate, Nick, that that is that you say that's your favorite role, because I it it it. it I, I love the role of Caesar, but, you know, you got to go back to your first movie. Po- Poteet's my, still my yeah. favorite role. Yeah, you of know? course. Of course. And I mean, I listen, just I'm a huge fan of everything you do. But for me, I, there's just something about that movie. Uh, like, heaven help us. I've seen it a million. I just watched it last night, Malcolm. Oh, my uh, God. Again, just because I knew I was wow. going to talk to you. And I watched it again. And that's probably the 7,000th time I've seen it. And and it oh, still holds you. up to me the chemistry between like all of you it's just like watching a bunch of really great young actors you know what i mean like and it's like the chemistry was there and a lot of people didn't know who you guys were at that time yeah. and it was just wonderful to see all of these young actors just kicking ass with a great script and a really good director and great you know uh, adult actors and 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 really seasoned actors to give you support. I mean, Philip Bosco is in the goddamn oh movie. Oh my God. And, you know. Uh, I mean, come on, Nick, what, you know, I'll tell you, when we did that scene by the swimming pool, yeah. uh, <laughs> it, it was really qu- funny because people like were like, well, where did Caesar have that handkerchief? Right. You know, so, <laughs> because like, where did, was he keeping that handkerchief? Because you guys are swimming naked. For people who don't know, there's this, yeah. in Catholic school in those days, you would swim naked. My father swam naked uh, at a, yeah, a it, at the high school that he went to, yeah. It was a pretty embarrassing scene because, you know, obviously that scene, every single one of us were completely naked. Yep. And there's Philip Bosco, who's one of the most incredible, serious actors, yeah. you know, do I, I, I am so blessed to have done that scene with him. I honestly say I don't know how we kept straight faces. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we laughed a lot. Yeah. But um, but, you know, we got through the scene. I mean, yeah. but I'm completely naked in front of him. Yeah. So that yep. must have been a tough scene for him to to do yeah. with with about 30 naked like 30, guys, 30, 30 you know? naked guys. Right. Yeah, there you are. 30 naked guys. Michael Malcolm Daner, incredibly cool guy. Uh, and again, that full interview available if you go through the archives. OK, you know, um, every once in a while we do live shows at Zany's in Rosemont here in Rosemont, Illinois, a great comedy club. They're very lovely out there and we love doing it. We have a big crowd come out and we all give away giveaway prizes and we have interactive fun. And uh, we do that and we're going to do another one probably. I think it's either going to be in early February or late January of 2024. We'll get back out to Zany's in Rosemont, the great comedy club, and do the Nick D podcast live in front of you. We want to pack the place. And we have a great time doing it. The last one that we did was with the great Andrea Darlis, who I worked with at the Car Wash for many years and who is now a contributor on the Steve Cochran Morning Show, as I am. You can hear me on the Steve Cochran Morning Show, WLS AM 890, on Fridays reviewing new movies, as I am the film critic there. And Andrea Darlis was our lovely guest. We always have one great guest. It's me and Esmeralda live at Zany's in in Rosemont uh, doing interactive comedy and doing stories and playing around and fooling around. And then uh, we have a guest. And our lovely guest, uh, the last live podcast that we did at Zany's was the great Andrea Darlis. And Andrea Darlis got her start doing some rock jock stuff down in Champaign. And we talked a little bit about her beginnings in radio. Mm. I did. Yeah, man, you yeah. were rock jock, yeah. <laughs> my, first, uh, the, my first job was at our college radio station, and it was WPGU, and I was a DJ because you started out like training for a semester, and then you get to be a DJ. And they called and said, we're going to give you a shift. It's 3 to 6. And I was like, great, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., perfect. I'll be home in time for to eat dinner. And the guy's like, and their program director was like, yeah, no, 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. <laughs> so I called my mom on the landline back in Orland, and I said, I got this gig. It's 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. And my little college boyfriend would walk me, you know, to the radio station and then back to oh. the dorm. And my mom's like, you're not taking that. And I'm like, of course not. 
and I hung up the phone and I called him back and I'm like, I am in. I'm so good to go. And our slo- it was a classic rock station and the, the slogan was rock and roll till the cows come home. Yeah. Nice. And then the sound effect would go moo. <laughs> so that was our first. And I got in trouble because it was all classic rock and I wasn't a huge fan of classic rock. I like more, you know, 80s pop kind of music. Um, so I would throw in like Lita Ford or Ozzy Osbourne, Crazy Train. Yeah. And the program director would call me at like 3.15 in the morning and she's like, why are you playing Ozzy Osbourne? Oh, you know, screw that this guy. Is, this is classic. You play Black Sabbath. You don't play what? Ozzy Osbourne and Alita Ford <laughs> yeah. together yeah. singing Close My Eyes Forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's we don't play ballads here. How long yeah. were you there? I was there uh, two years. Two Wait, years. So you were a rock jock for two years? Uh, no, then I moved to the weekend shift. Then oh. I moved to a Saturday afternoon shift and then a Sunday afternoon shift. And then I started doing kind of uh, a night shift every Every couple oh. days or so. so, but it was but it was a paid gig. It was my first paid gig. So for three hours, you got five dollars. That's a lot of money yeah. in radio. <laughs> oh yeah, that's Still good. Is. It's the Still radio is. business. The radio You're business right. sucks. Everybody. Oh, it does. <laughs> we it have sucks. This, we- yeah, yeah. Five bucks. That's good. That's good. Oh, the radio business. Ah, uh, the great Andrea Darlis, a professional, a wonderful person, uh, incredible news uh, person, incredible host, very funny, very lovely. I got to co-host Steve Cochran's show with her just a few weeks ago when Steve was in uh, Italy, and I get to see her on Fridays when I go down uh, to the WLS studios and appear on the on the Steve Cochran Show Review and Movies. The great Andrea Darlis was kind enough to be our special guest at our last live Zanies event, and we'll do it again. I don't have a specific date yet. It's either going to be late January or early February of 2024. And all of our live Nick D podcast live events are at Zanies in Rosemont. So there you go. All right. The last clip I want to play in our celebration of um, our 200th episode, Josh Robert Thompson. Josh Robert Thompson is an unbelievably talented comedian, impressionist, writer, uh, performer, just a great all-around incredible talent, a great incredible impressionist and mimic, and an incredibly funny guy. He, uh, for those of you who might uh, not know, was the voice and operator of Jeffrey Peterson, the sidekick to uh, 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 Craig Ferguson on The Late Late Show, the gay skeleton robot sidekick to Craig Ferguson, and did all the legendary improvisational stuff that they would do every single night on that show. Uh, Just by the seat of their pants, they would improvise and create magic and beautiful comedy. It was brilliant to watch every single night on The Late Late Show. And there has been nothing since before that has even matched the kind of brilliant, unbelievable improvisational comedy that Craig Ferguson and Josh Robert Thompson as Jeffrey Peterson would do on a nightly basis. I am lucky enough to have been connected with that show. My emails resulted, uh, my emails to The Late Late Show that Craig Ferguson would read actually resulted in me being a regular character on the show. I was Nikki D, the drummer, in, uh, in the Shy Fellas Band. And uh, so I've, been, I've connected with Josh Robert Thompson, who continues to do incredible work as a stand-up comedian. He does podcasts. He does videos. He's unbelievable. He's got scripts all over the place. Incredibly talented guy, the voice of God on the Kelly Clarkson show. Just a great, great uh, entertainer. And he was on for our Spooktacular just this past October because in addition to being an incredibly gifted impressionist and comedian, he is also an unbelievably knowledgeable and huge horror film fan like I am. So I had Josh on to talk about horror movies, and this was the third time he's been on. He's been on a few times uh, on the podcast. But the last time he was on, he talked a little bit about uh, reuniting with Craig Ferguson a little bit and, uh, and the end of that era, the end when Craig Ferguson quit. And Josh Robert Thompson, for a little while, was completely lost. He thought he was going to be a big star. He thought, well, okay, the show's over, but ah, everybody knows who I am, and that just didn't happen. 
So here's Josh Robert Thompson, the great Josh Robert Thompson, telling me about a Craig Ferguson story <laughs> that I find very amusing. Let's let's cut the bullshit. Let's get into it. You know. Be so what do you think, fun. Craig? What what would Craig say if you said that? Ah, uh, nah, man. I don't think so, man. You know, come <laughs> on, man. You know, Josh. I mean, no, I didn't want to bust his balls about one thing, and I know he would have laughed because he said something to me. He goes, I said, well, you know, after the show ended, um, I couldn't get arrested. I couldn't get any work. I thought that, the, you know, the sky was the limit. I thought that Mr. Hollywood was going to present me the keys to the city. You've done it, Josh. Welcome aboard. All the roles are yours. <laughs> and uh, it turns out nobody knew who I was. And at one point in, like, 2017... I wish I would have told the story, but I'm telling you now. Craig yeah. invited me out to Scotland to some, I think it was like a New Year's, it was either a 4th of July or a New Year's soiree at his estate in Scotland, right? Uh -huh. And all these celebrities were going. He, he's, you know, oh man, so-and-so is going to be there, man. You got to come, man. Just come on, fly out, man. And I had to decide in that moment between <laughs> buying a ticket to Scotland or getting a new radiator for my car because I had no money, right? And I know he didn't know that. Yeah. So so when he said to me, yeah, I totally understand, man. When the show ended, man, I get it, man. You know, I really was going through a bad time. So I was like, oh, yeah, you're going through a bad time with your uh, $50 million in your castle in Scotland? He would have loved that. I wish I'd have said that, man. At least you had a radiator in your car, Craig. I know, uh, dude. I'm like, oh, well, do I do I fly there? I probably won't be able to fly back. I guess I could stay in one of the 15 rooms. <laughs> but see, if I if I'd have done that, I mean, I don't really care what people think anymore. But someone would have been like, oh, Josh, so ungrateful. I'd be like, yeah, I had to get a radiator for my car, or fly to Scotland. You know, with... I, I, I think people think just because at some point in your life you were on TV, you're like, well, this guy's fucking set. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, they do I, think that. Yeah, they do think that, man. Well, that's the thing about the strike. That's why people write learn to right. code, because they think that <laughs> we're all millionaires. Yeah. The great Josh Robert Thompson. And that was a great interview. And that's uh, some uh, some episodes back. It was the Halloween spectacular. And I talked to him for over an hour. It was uh, spectacularly entertaining, as he always is. So, um, So those are just a few of the great interviews that I got to do over these past 200 episodes. Um, and again, all my regular guests and all the regular features and all the really fun stuff that I have and the feedback I get from you and the fact that you guys participate and that uh, we've got sponsors now and all kinds of great stuff is happening. It's 200 episodes in. I'm not planning on stopping. My thanks to, uh, to Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits. My thanks to Jason Skaggs. My thanks to my dad for stopping by every week to tell jokes and all that great stuff. We're going to continue to do it, but I just wanted to play back some of my favorite highlights and some of the other clips and some of the great celebrities that I've gotten to interview during the course of these 200 episodes. And again, all of this is archived. Radiomisfits.com, go back. There are 200 episodes to choose from with great guests and all kinds of really cool stuff, so make sure you check it out. So continuing the celebration of the 200th episode of the Nick D Podcast, let's bring in the one, the only, my partner in crime, the incredible Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda. Let me 
Leon, that's the song that you hear. That's the song that you've heard for 200 episodes, actually, because this is episode number 200. And my cohort in crime, who I couldn't think about doing the podcast without, is the great Esmeralda Leon. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. And how are you? That's very sweet of you. Well, you're the best. You know that. <laughs> you know that. Oh, thanks, um, pal. 200... <laughs> 200 episodes, Esmeralda. Is that nuts or what? Yeah. That's Isn't a that, lot. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. Now, granted, <laughs> you miss, you you do miss one a month, so it's not it's it. You, there are twelve. Right. There are twelve episodes that you're not on, so that would be twenty four episodes that you're not on. I guess no, two years. That's two years. I different. don't know, man. So whatever. But you miss <laughs> you miss one episode a month because it's our for the people yeah. episode with Tom and Herb. So you get to rest on a, on a particular uh, Tuesday. The first Tuesday of each month is your is is your break from my asinine uh, uh, world. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still not that many. So no, it's, it's not. a lot. It's a lot. Like, You're still, a it's lot. a lot. So it's 200 episodes. Um, and, you know, I started this thing at the beginning of 2022 after a little break, getting my act together after being let go from the car wash. And uh, and as I've said before, you know, like the minute I was like, hey, would you like to do this stupid podcast where none of us will get paid? You immediately said yes. <laughs> I was like, um, pretty much everything I do, I don't get paid for. So whatever. <laughs> Slap another one on. Right. And, uh, you know, the years that we worked together at WGN were special for me, man. I, I, I always loved working with you. And you always added so much to my show when you were a part of it. And I thought, oh, you know, if I'm going to do this podcast, you. I want to bounce around just topics and just talk shit with you. You know what I mean? That's the fun part. You know? Yeah. Like, we always pick out topics that we're going to do for the segments that we do on the episode. And then how often do we get to the actual meat of those topics? um i mean it depends it does right maybe like one out of two i think yeah that's a pretty good average i think yeah yeah absolutely well there's always these guys chorus of yeah yeah that of course is the insane jason skaggs who uh knows that i can't operate any kind of uh entertainment product without reverb or someone at least using reverb so that's why that's there so right anyway and then of course we or have hotkeys hotkeys that's right <laughs> hotkeys hi i'm carrie russell and i love nick's show oh esmeralda her shirt says show 200 Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, wow. and I love Nick's show. How are you doing, Carrie? You know, you should have made a bunch of those up, told me ahead of time. Maybe we could have sold them, and Esmeralda guy could have made a little money. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no. That's not going to work. Hi, yeah, Carrie okay, Russell, no, she's... I love <laughs> No, Nick's she's show. leaving right now. All right, Carrie. All right. Anyway. She, so. she really has uh, quite a wardrobe now. She from did, all the shirts that she makes, <laughs> she, she you should see my back porch, Esmeralda. It's loaded. Right, every time we do a, a show, she's got a shirt that she's. She's making. got the giant. She's got the giant press. I believe she actually has the press from the Three Stooges episode with Shemp, where they were tailors. I think she actually ordered that oh, press. Wow. I think that's the one that she has outside, and she makes all the t-shirts there. So uh, yeah, there you go. Anyway, that's... so. Carrie Russell, <laughs> Carrie Russell's been on all 200 episodes and uh, all that cool stuff. And <laughs> I was playing back some of the uh, yeah. some of the interviews, uh, Esmeralda, just to give you a little quick one. I, I played back a little bit of the Suzanne Vega interview that I did, and you know, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit of Stephen Tobolowsky, of course. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Laura Moss, who is the director of the second best movie of 2022, which would be uh, Birth Rebirth. Leo Rossi, great character actor. Malcolm Denaire from Christine. 
He's the guy, Esmeralda, who, um, as we found out when we interviewed them at Flashback, uh, he's mm-hmm. the guy when when you both when both of us had the the brilliant question of who took a shit on the dashboard. Remember, <laughs> yeah. we yes, did a little yeah. digging. We did a little digging. Remember, because you and I were so curious, and we found out that <laughs> Malcolm Denaire, in fact, is the guy who took a shit on the dashboard of Christine. So, um, and then Josh Robert Thompson played back at some of his stuff, yeah. and then uh, played a clip uh, from our last Zany show at the end of October, which is available mm-hmm. now, uh, where Andrea Darlis told us about how she worked overnights at a small radio station in Champaign as a rock jock. So we uh, talked, I, I've got that. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Just does not, to me, yeah. make any sense. But So, um, <laughs> you know, I, it's, just, it's just such a blast talking to you. I get to talk to you twice a week, if not more, and it's always fun to talk to you. And again, you know, we always have a couple of topics that we're going to talk about, and then inevitably when we start shooting the shit, fun stuff happens. And, uh, and I always love talking to you, Esmeralda. It's just fun. It's entertaining. And you and I oh, have a lot. I, you and I have a lot in common, despite that we, despite the fact that we don't. Isn't that weird? Because we do and we don't. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. It is. It is. The little. It's the little things. It is. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the next uh, zany show. We're not really sure when it's going to be. It's probably going to be either at the end of January or the beginning of February. Um, but we encourage mm-hmm. you to come out. Esmeralda and I love to be on stage and hang out with you guys and have fun. We had a great time at the end of October waiting through the holidays to do the next one because nobody's going to come out during the holidays. Um, so we'll do it again at the end of January, the beginning of February, and then uh, you and I will be on stage and we'll get to meet all of our uh, all of our fans and friends and all kinds of cool stuff. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Esmeralda, happy 200 to you as well. Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's no... I guess we should uh we should have gotten uh Mr. uh Skaggs to yeah do like a like a song. Yeah, I didn't even ask him. You know, I like even, how Christmas I, has I gotta songs. tell you, I know, I gotta tell you, Esmeralda. Like, I completely forgot about this. I was like, I make all notes and I write out everything. Like, uh, I mm-hmm. write for people who might not know. I actually prepare for these shows. <laughs> I know it sounds incredible and it's hard to believe, but I do do. Prep yeah, he's like writing things. I on a write piece stuff of paper. down, like on a piece of paper, including the episode number. And I oh, literally, okay. I literally, oh, I, I literally finished recording 199, and I was making notes for the next episode. And I went, "Oh shit, it's episode 200. We should probably do something. <laughs> we should probably do something." <laughs> so, uh, didn't call Skaggs. He's been busy. There's a lot of stuff going on in the in the professional world of Jason Skaggs right now. Oh, good for um, him. So, lots of cool stuff is happening, but it's busy and crazy for him. So, and again. Uh, like everybody involved in this, he doesn't get paid for all the incredible work that he does, as you know. <laughs> yeah, He does yeah. incredible songs. He does the theme songs to the show, the your theme song. Every regular guest I have, they have a theme song that he wrote, composed, and he performed and gave to me all of the crazy sound effects, you know, this stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's all free. Everything he's done is for free, and he's a little busy right now, Bananas. so I didn't want to go, hey, I need a six-minute uh, episode. I need a six-minute song about the 200th episode. I just let the guy chill a little bit, so we're good. <laughs> guy, please, can you please write an opera about yeah, our could you 200th do that? episode? <laughs> and guess what? I'm not going to fucking pay you, so there you go. Uh, there you go. So anyway, so oh, my, and boy. I and I thanked him immensely, and I thanked Ed Silla over at Radio Misfits, and everybody who are regulars. I already did the big thank yous to everybody, and you know what? Mm-hmm. We're gonna bring a person in now, who uh, we're gonna summon on his magic submarine, um, right? Who is a an integral part to this uh, to this podcast? We love having him on regularly. He's a British bon vivant. Um, oh wow! <laughs> right, and game <laughs> and game show host. Uh, his name is Slap Slapley, and he hosts the incredible 80s, 90s trivia madness. 
And uh, we want him to be a part of episode 200. But in order to do that, Esmeralda, you know I have to play his song. And right. wherever he is in the world, in the submarine, wherever he is, he will be summoned and brought yeah. right to us. So are you ready to have yeah, we, Slap Slaply join us? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so Slap Slaply, let's join us for episode 200 and the 80s, 90s Trivia Madness. Let's see what happens when I do this. Oh, there he is. Oh, hi, Slap. Oh, how are you? Hello. We interrupted you. A little bit, uh, uh, you know, Esmeralda, how are you, darling? How are you? I'm good. Very good. Lovely. (laughs) You know, it's, it's something I've never really talked about whenever I do this is that when you do uh, summon me, is that I get covered in this sort of viscous liquid <laughs> that Ooh. just covers my entire uh, body. So it's like and, a it's um, a it's wow. like a it's like a Terminator movie, then correct? Or well, I mean, Ma- I Matrix. I, it's more it's Matrix. More it's more Matrix. In, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. except I'm not I'm not in the nude. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I don't have these kind of big wires coming out of my noggin. But right. um, yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's it's just this horrible uh, viscous liquid that wow. just covers my entire Oof. body but Jeez, um wow. I th- this was a particularly bad one i'm i'm wearing my best velour jumpsuit <laughs> oh and, no uh, you know i kind of i kind of forgot that we were doing this today yeah, so yeah. No- normally i would wear something more like um lululemony you know sort of athleisure right. you know but <laughs> yeah. um yeah, I decided right. to wear velour today, so it, it you know, didn't really work out. Dry can you dry clean velour? Is that gonna come out? The I mean, goo? yeah, uh, yeah. I've got, I've got. Thank you for asking, by the way. Um, I, I do know. have a guy. <laughs> I have, I have a fellow that kind of does it. Hmm. So, um, but I will okay. have to give him extra. I, I'm already tipping him for the for the for the holidays, but I guess I'll have to give him a little bit extra for this one. Ah, yes, you right. Do. Well, you know, we're in a sense helping the economy. Then, mm, right? I mean, that's that is one <laughs> way to look at it. Um, yes, certainly, <laughs> that is a way to look at this uh, sticky wicket. But um, yeah, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. totally fine. I'm not furious at all. Uh, right? How, how are you doing, it. Nick? It'll be fine. How are you doing, Nick? Everything's uh, good. Everything is okay, you know, it's all right. But, uh, you know, okay. it's it, today I just want you to know that you are being a part kind of of, of history, of some kind of history. Uh, this is the 200th episode of the Nick Deep podcast. Oh, you're kidding. No, it's the 200th episode. Oh, my episode. God. I thought that wasn't for at least another six months. No. <laughs> no. And it, and it snuck up on me, as I was telling Esmeralda before we summoned you with the, mis- with the viscous goo. Um, I, it mm-hmm. kind of snuck up on me. But this is indeed episode number 200 of the Nick oh, D podcast well, of Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Oh, yes. well, that is spectacular. Have you done anything special? Like uh, maybe, we... a, a, maybe like a six-minute song. <laughs> That might, you know, sort of like, yeah, you know, yeah. sum up the entirety yeah. of the last you know, 200 it's episodes. Funny. Yeah. It's, it's funny that uh, you couldn't hear, uh, you would think that's, that uh, you would be able to hear the conversation that Esmeralda and I just Well, you know, had. great mind. Uh, but you didn't. You, you didn't hear that. Uh, no, I do not have uh, a six-minute uh, song. But, oh. uh, but we are celebrating nonetheless. And, and uh, you know, I, I 
thought you would be honored that you would be part of episode number 200 of this very podcast. Oh, well, you know, I am. I am very honored, Nick, and I'm so glad to be here. I honestly, you know, I've been to a lot of really big events in my, you know, thousand or so years on this planet. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I was there for uh, the crucifixion. That was a pretty big one. <laughs> Woo! Um, wow. Okay. I was, I was there now, for now, when... Now, the birth is coming up. Were you there for that? Because, you know, we're only just a couple of weeks away from the birth of that guy who was crucified. So... You know, it's... It's funny you mentioned that I actually missed it by about a day. Uh-huh. I told those I told those three wise men, I yeah. said, give me drop me a line, you know, come by, yeah. to let me know that you're leaving, give me a bit of a heads up, and they just buggered off without me. They mm. said, uh, you know, for we've got our, our gold frankincense myrrh. I was going to give the new baby, I was going to give him, you know, maybe some velour because I love velour. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, they, a little baby but, velour outfit. Exactly, precisely. I, but you know I, what? I think <laughs> I think they were jealous because they had only gotten gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and right. I had velour. And I, they yeah. thought, mm-hmm. you know what? Stuff him. You know, uh, we'll leave him behind. So I wake up in a whorehouse in Nineveh <laughs> None the wiser to the fact that the savior had in fact been born. Um, I had to find Bummer. out by some some large winged man who came down and he said, "Where were you? Yeah. Where were you? You got the invite, didn't you?" I said, "I did." Yeah. Um, but they forgot to wake me up, and he said, "Why are you in this whorehouse?" And I said, "Details, darling. Details." <laughs> I mean, you can ask him the same thing. What are you doing? Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. He's coming in. He's coming in, looking all, you know, beautiful. I mean, he's it's he's like cut from marble, and with these mm-hmm. big bloody bird wings, yeah. and he's asking me what I'm doing at a right. warehouse. I mean, right. really, the nerve. The nerve. Well, right. All right. Well, you are here. This is not quite as impressive as a whorehouse uh, on the day of Christ's birth, but it is the 200th episode of the Nick D podcast. Uh, you and, know, a uh, close second. A close second. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. It's a close second to being yeah. in a whorehouse yeah. on the actual yeah. Christmas day. So so I, number uh, one, yeah. birth of Christ. Yeah. And then two, uh, episode 200 of the Nick D there, podcast. There so, it is. That's uh, right. That's the way. That number three. Wow. Number three, though, Waterloo. Oh, right. Mm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I feel like I sat through all of Waterloo because of the new Ridley Scott movie. It felt like I sat through the entire battle. Um, uh, because it felt so long. <laughs> well, I'll uh, tell you so. what, Nick. I did see that film, and yeah. um, I'll be completely honest. They yeah. got a few things wrong. They did. Um, yeah, uh, Napoleon even shorter than oh, you he? would have expected. Yeah, <laughs> quite, wow. quite a bit. Is yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. And honestly, honestly, Nick, I had placed my bet on the French. Ah, and okay. um, so that okay. did not go over well. Didn't, no, it didn't go me. very well for you. Yeah. Well, right. no, and then me and Wellington, you know, had to <laughs> right. have words about it later. And he said, "You've turned on your own country." And I was like, right. "Listen, I was just, I was just playing the odds game. I really thought that that very short Frenchman was going to, you know, pull the wool over your eyes and 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 kind of trick you into something. But no, no, he was right, no. and I, I, t- I owed him quite a few shillings that day. Right. Wow. Wow." Uh, Esmeralda, do you, are you are you stunned mm. by the fact that uh, that, uh, that I, Napoleon um, Napoleon is in fact shorter than you thought he was? Yeah. So is he like a gnome, like gnome height? 
honest, he's, honestly, he's, oh, he's, yes. he's, he's, he's gnome Polian. See what I did there? See how I did that? See? Yeah, gnome Polian. See, that would have been I'm a really, better movie if Ridley Scott had made that movie. It would have been better. I'll tell you that. Nick, I'm not being funny. I yeah. really thought you were gonna pull out all the stops for this one, and now we're making gnome jokes. I mean. <laughs> I mean, color me. I, I, you know, right. You think I'd buy episode, <laughs> episode 200, I wouldn't do this kind of shit. I get I understand. I get it. I get yeah. It. I just, I thought maybe, you know, how like three decades of experience plus in radio, right. that maybe something right. would have been at mm-hmm. least improved I, upon I, constructive well, criticism. But that's Esmeralda, all right because I don't want to rain yeah. on your pride. Well, Esmeralda, you know that that's never going to happen. You've known me long enough. Right. If anything, he's going to double down. Because it is the 200th episode. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Well, uh, well, I'm sorry that you have such terrible viscous liquid all over you. Does is it gonna like? Has it kind of fallen off? Is are you a little bit more comfortable than when we first summoned you? Yeah. If it's a sort of congealed on into a pool on the floor, um, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I just I fear that is going to turn into Robert Patrick at some point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's two Terminator references. Now you're yelling at me about gnome references, and we're making like now you're going back to do callbacks at the Terminator. All right, okay. Uh, it's called comedy. Nick. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. I'll it's look all... into it. All right. <laughs> Man, please do get some well, better writers. Well, we've got uh, Slap Slapley's 200 uh, episode edition of 80s 90s trivia madness. Although it's not really going to be any different than <laughs> any other edition. But it is the Trivia Madness game that covers movies, music, TV, sports, and what's the other one? Miscellaneous or miscellaneous? Yeah, uh, potpourri. Potpourri. Pot- that's yeah. Right. And, that, and that category smells, oh, I'm sorry, category, right? Uh, yes, thank you. It smells good because it's potpourri, see? All right. Yeah, it's quite nice. It's, give, right. it's giving me a little bit of a, of a holiday vibe today. A holiday vibe, okay. Is it's, it, gi- is, it's giving uh, Christmas. Wow. Does it smell like gnome puri? Wow. <laughs> Again, I mean, I really, I'm not. Get, I, I don't have to be here. I really don't. I'm, you know, I'm doing this. I've the no, you do. My, we summoned I, you. Well, I, I know. Well, you know, you know, me and the rest of the guys at the summoning, you know, summon, summoned anonymous. Yeah. It's me, Candyman, and Beetlejuice. <laughs> We're really getting a little bit. You know, it's a bit much. It's a bit much mm. at this point, and I feel, um... I feel abused. Now, but now, are you is Bloody upset? Mary there? Is Bla- yeah, how about that? Is Bloody Mary there? I mean, <laughs> someone's got to make the drinks, am I right? <laughs> oh, man. Hold on a minute. Wait a second. <laughs> what the hell is going on now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is episode 200, everybody. Episode number 200. Mm-hmm. There you go. No. All right. Okay. Well, you're here now, Slap. So we're going to play, uh, Esmeralda and I, uh, you know, we always play each other in the trivia. And the winner, mm-hmm. I think today the winner gets forty killion kakillion dollars. Ooh, it's a brand new uh, uh, amount. And uh, yeah. we have the Sanford and Son truck outside. And we Very always nice. uh, the 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 prize winner wins the money and gets to travel around with someone who is recently deceased. Well, today we have Norman Lear, uh, the legendary Norman Lovely. Lear is out there, and uh, he is going to drive us around. In, uh, in the Sanford and Son truck. So the winner will win Cochillion, Caprillion dollars. Norman Lear will be out there to drive us around in the Sanford and Son truck. So that's, you know, Asrella, that's a, that's, that's a great prize. Yeah, I yeah. would, I, um, I'm excited for this one. Yeah, okay, all right. Slap, how do you feel? 
I mean, I was a big fan of Norman Lear for a very long time, though I will say, I will say, I was a little bit miffed at him for a bit because he stole um, a show that I had come up with mm -hmm. um, and made it into his own. What was that? Well, I, I came up with this idea for an old man and his son mm -hmm. who own kind of like a junkyard. Oh. And they, they get mm -hmm. into like, you know, um, sort of uh, disagreements and, right. you know, uh, sticky situations. Sure. And I called it, I called yeah. it Steptoe and Son. And oh. then, ah. uh, yeah, he, he kind of came up with. A be uh, I'm, I'm not going to say better, but, you know, a, a, an American version <laughs> right. of that very same concept. Right. And, well, you know, he and I had a good we, we had a good conversation. Oh, about you did. It, OK. Because, we, we, yeah, we, we sorted it out. Well, he, um, he did. He did do that a couple of times to the Brits. He, he did take some British. In fact, All in the Family was, in fact, a British show. Right. Uh, and so, you know, that's that's happened a lot. You know, the Brits have actually uh, had a lot of shows taken from them. I mean, Norman Lear didn't have anything mm -hmm. to do with it, but Three's Company was Man About House. That was a British so show. So uh, I think we've I think we can acknowledge Slap that in the world of television, we owe the Brits a great deal of gratitude. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I and I mean and, and to be fair, to be fair, we've stolen a few things as well. You mm -hmm. know, um you guys had friends and then we created coupling, which is basically mm. the exact same thing. Sure. Um you guys had uh you know uh, uh, uh 2020 and we came up with 4040 um which really didn't make much sense because no. it's not really a well, sort of vision that anyway i mean that's basically no, but, you could but see into the funny. future well it was funny because uh you know um it, you know it was called 4040 but the two hosts actually drank schlitz malt liquor during if I remember correctly, during the broadcast, and that's why yeah, it was exactly. called Yeah, exactly. And that's it was called 4040. Yeah, if I remember, I don't know. I want. I want to. But that's my memory of it. Yeah, it's a it's a metric system thing. No. <laughs> 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 right. Okay. Well, now that we've settled that, and well, I can't wait to hear what the TV questions are going to be. Uh, maybe they'll be of British origin. We don't know. We never know. <laughs> so, all right, Esmeralda, are you ready to take on the uh, trivia madness challenge and see if you can uh, beat me for a ride? In the Sanford and Son vehicle with Norman Lear. I'm ready. Okay. Slap, whenever you are ready to kick us off, let's do it. All right. Let's start with the first category, and that's going to go to Esmeralda because ladies always go first. Correct. The category film. Here is your mm -hmm. question. It is not multiple choice, so you just okay. got to give me the answer. Yeah. What actress played Andy in Pretty in Pink? Oh, um, Molly Ringwald. Very good. Yes. Ow! Nice little nice little layup for you there. Yeah, there you go. All right. By the way, have you guys seen Molly Ringwald as she looks now? Because Um, yes. Man, she is um I've always thought she was cute and but man, this is a oh, she has just become a stunning woman. Like really, yeah, she's um, oh, yeah, she's, she's beautiful, she's looking good, yeah. Man, I mean, like I look at her now and I'm like, God damn, because I always thought she was like cute. She was Molly Ringwald, but I look at her now and I'm like, the fifties have been kind to you. You are a lovely woman. She's beautiful. So there you yeah. go. Yeah, big big fan. I really liked her in um, uh, the Secret Life of the American Teenager. Oh sure, yeah. yeah which yeah. we sort of copied with the very public life of the British scoundrel. <laughs> right, exactly. 
All right. Well, one to nothing. Esmeralda, good job. You're in the lead. Mm, thank you. All right. Okay. Nick, your category yeah. is yeah. music. Uh-oh. Yeah. 80s, uh, and like 90s. Music? 80s and 90s. Yeah. I do. I enjoy listening to music uh, periodically. <laughs> On occasion. <laughs> okay. Just when big the band, strikes. really. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Exactly, Esmeralda. Yeah. All right. Your question, not multiple choice, just need the answer. What duo is considered the most commercially success- successful English pop group of the 1980s? Which duo is, is it multiple choice? The, it is not multiple choice, oh. no. Oh. Which duo is considered okay. the most commercially successful English pop group of yeah. the 1980s? My my guess would be Wham. That would be my guess. Yeah. All yeah, right, is that your final my, answer? That's my that's my final answer. And Esmeralda even agrees with me on this one. And we're, mm-hmm. we're and we're opponents, mm-hmm. and she even agrees with me on this one. Well, I'm glad you both agree because it is correct. Wham. <laughs> yeah. God, I love Wham. I so didn't much. I recently saw the uh the the documentary things oh, and man, I didn't huh? realize how much success they had way before they even hit I the know. US. It's an amazing, right? I mean, amazing. Yeah. And, I was very yeah. upset because they cut me out to that documentary. Oh, they did. They cut. They oh, cut you on slap. I I wasn't aware. Yeah. <laughs> were you was, in Wham? I, I was. I was actually. Me and George Michael uh, went. We were schoolboys together, and we used to play uh, cricket on the weekends. Oh, okay. mm. And then, um, you know, he went. He he had me join Wham, and I was mm. the tuba player. The tuba ah. play. Oh, yeah. You know, we had a little bit more of a brassy sound. I some, see. So some called us I... the English Chicago. You know. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh my god. I. So I, so so. Could have been good. So did they did they replace? Let me just ask this: Did they replace um, your tuba solo and Careless Whisper with that saxophone solo? Is that what happened? Yes, that's I, exactly that's what, what happened. That, it was originally what... supposed to be much lower and much slower. <laughs> So it, I, I referred to it as a crock pot sort of line because it was slow and low. Um, it was, in my opinion, very sensual. I bet. But, um, I bet it was. They, they, you know, they disagreed. I can't even imagine how much more romantic that song could have been with a tuba instead of that saxophone solo. Yeah, well, wow. and then I was basically relegated in playing to playing in German polka bands for the next oh, 10 wow. years. But, you know, oh, all right. no accounting for taste, George okay. Michael. All Guess right. what? You're dead now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Mm-hmm. You got him. Wow. Yeah. All right. You okay. better have faith because you're probably in hell. <laughs> oh you know, God. take that. Uh, oh, I just man. do want a, a, an editorial note. I happen to worship George Michael. I just want everybody to know I love him. That's all I'm saying. All right. Let's, uh, let's move. Would on. you say maybe he's a father figure? He is a father figure to me. And I want his sex. That's all there is to it. So, um, <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, what's next? <laughs> let's, let's move on, shall we, Slab? All right. The next category for the lovely Esmeralda Leon is television. Telly, oh the boob tube. Yes. Mm. The box that I can't seem to climb into. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. All right, your question, not multiple choice. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just okay. need the answer. What city, what city did Dr. Fraser Crane live in? What city? Okay, well, now this is a trick. Is it? Yeah. Is it, is it in Fraser or in Cheers? That's the question. Right. 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Um, well, wait, no, I think no. That's city? a that's a that's a that's a fair point. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. And I think is, right, Esmeralda. Right. I mean, it's you know. Right. Point, yeah. I I uh, will. Ex um, <laughs> go with your first hunch, Esmeralda. Go, go with your first, first hunch. Right. So, but I'll, I'll be lenient. Yeah. Okay. So what? It was city. What city? Yeah. yeah. What city did he live in? Okay. Uh, Seattle. That is correct. That there is what go. they okay. were looking for. Okay. I would, because of that, though, I would have accepted Boston. Right, because it's mm -hmm. it's not your mm -hmm. fault. The writers, uh, the monkeys who wrote these questions, uh, yeah. oh, were geez. not specific enough. They were not specific enough, Esmeralda. Yeah, I, I, that's it. Yeah, no bananas so, for a week. In the <laughs> well, in, in the spinoff, that it's known that um, the chimpanzees that write these questions hate cheers that's right yeah they well, really it's and so by the strange. way it's also weird because it could have gone either way because this new piece of shit spinoff on, on paramount mm. plus takes place back in boston in the new frasier in the new reboot of frasier he's back in boston but nobody from cheers and he doesn't go to cheers i don't i don't even want to discuss how ridiculous no. the show is yeah it's horrible it's it's there's not horrible. even one little like oh you no. are my friend a little wow. a li lilith i think will show up at some point um but mm -hmm. nope like they mention cheers in passing but it's like it didn't yeah. even exist it's unbelievable so but so anyway it could have been boston or seattle twice in boston because the new reboot is in boston but so mm. anyway all right <laughs> okay all right what's next slap all right, next is your category, Nick, and that is sports. Oh, no. All right. Yes. All right. Did you I'll ever try. play sports as a boy? I, I did, yes. I played some sports when I was younger, but now I'm a fat Before lazy or master. after riding all the horses. I, that's part of the sports that I... That I, I equestrian, equestrian, equestrian arts is sports, <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, I get okay. you. You did some equine activity. I did. I did. I did. Yes, I did. I rode horses in competition. I did. Did you do dressage? I did, uh, yeah, I did the whole thing. I, um, I had the crop, I had the hat, I had the outfit, I had the, the yeah, the whole deal. Mm -hmm. Please the tell me there's photographs. Oh, there are photographs of this. I, I don't know. I think so. Somewhere in the world. Okay, yeah, think. probably in a safety deposit box labeled, <laughs> in the event of my death. Right. Still do not, still do not release. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there you go. All right, sports. Uh, not, yes. No multiple choice here, just a straight oh, up Jesus. answer. Okay. All right, but this is a hockey question, and okay. you're a big hockey fan, isn't that right? I am. Nick? I am. Uh, yeah. I don't know, like 80s and 90s, I was out for a little bit, but uh, we'll see. Okay. In that case, what hockey player known as Cujo started his NHL career with St. Louis in 1989? Oh, man. What Cujo? was Cujo. Shit. Huh. He, huh. I'm willing to give a hint. Um, I, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, it has, so Cujo, so he was either a, I'm trying to remember, I remember the name. No, he was not a dog that played no, hockey. No, I know, I know. Asking. But he was either, he either had that name, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure this out. He either had that name because he was like really crazy on the ice or it was a takeoff on his name itself. Um, okay. Fuck. I, I'm going to, Ah, shit. <laughs> I I don't I I think it might be a takeoff. Is his, his takeoff is his name? Cl uh, cl cl I don't know. 
uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I have no idea. Uh, Gretzky, which is of course wrong. What is it? Okay. Yeah. Not Gretzky. It, no. you were, you were following the correct path. It is a takeoff on his name. Yeah. Cur- Curtis, Curtis Joseph. Jo- Joseph. Yeah. Curtis Joseph. Son of a bitch. Okay. Cujo. Fuck. All right. Well, that's my own fault for being, a- hold on a second. I got it wrong. So. Ah! All right. Also, <laughs> I don't know how true this is. I don't know how true this is, but apparently Air Bud, the big puck, was going to be released in the mid-2000s, but it got canceled. <laughs> so there was, there was actually going to be an Air Bud on ice. He was going to be a hockey player. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I'm just, I'm just thankful that we did get Bud World Pup. You yeah. Know, that was, that, that was a big one for me. Right. That's all we needed. That's all we needed. All right. Well. Tough question. Tough question. So I got it wrong. It's two to one. Esmeralda's in the lead. Yeah. Do you think yeah. everybody ever did steroids? Uh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. The pressure. It was that. Yeah. It was that era. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Handing it out like candy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Potpourri is a category. Miss Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. And your question, not multiple choice, just straight up answer. What subculture in the 1980s popularized the fashion of wearing turned-up collars? Hmm. Um, yuppies? Not quite. Or is it preppy? Preppy? Um, I mean, I'm going to go for a ruling here just to keep it competitive. You did say yuppie first. Yeah, but she she went to, it's preppy, right? It is preppy, yeah. but I'm the game show host. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna give it to. Her. I'm gonna make this interesting. All right. Okay. Well, you did say, and you know, to be fair, Esmeralda, you did say you said yuppie first. Um, you did right. say yuppie right. first. Right. So, all right. yeah. I, yeah. and I'm looking, I'm looking. I actually got a different set of chimpanzees that do the rule book, <laughs> okay. and they're shaking, they're shaking their heads. They're not impressed. Not impressed. They're not oh, happy. They got little... yeah. I'm assuming they got little like glasses on. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're actually they're... all wearing three-piece suits. It's which, mm-hmm. believe it or not, Men's Warehouse does not carry three-piece suits for chimpanzees. They don't. They so, don't. No, they stopped doing that somewhere around like 1996. Because so in 1996, they're... they were men's and chimps' warehouse at that point. Yeah, that's was... why. They, yeah, and they just kind of realized that the whole <laughs> chimp angle just was not really working out. Right. Um, uh, they, believe very... it or not. Very not, small niche. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah very uh, yeah, niche market. Got it. Um, All right. They bring it back. Who knows? So now round two. Round uh, two. And at the, end of, at the end of the first round, Esmeralda, you still are in the lead two to one. Tight oh, game, Esmeralda. Wow. Tight game. Mm-hmm. Norman Lear. Norman Lear is waiting downstairs in the Sanford and Son truck. So uh, let's see yeah. what happens. Let's see what happens. All right. Yes. Nick, your category is film. I know this oh. is your best category. It's your I would strongest hope so. category. I would yes. hope so. Um, would you like to say hello to anybody at home? Any of the <laughs> viewers at home? <laughs> sure. Uh, I would like to say hello to uh, uh, to to Jack a Turtleneck. Oh, I would like to say hello to uh, Carrie Russell. I am Carrie Russell, and I So love thank you for letting me say show. that before I spin the big wheel there, Drew. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm I went to I went to school for this. I've got a PhD in game show hostery. I know you do. And I will Ooh. not I will not be mocked. I will not be mocked. You know. 
I've got four. I'm filling in for Wayne Brady this week. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you have to do. <laughs> I mean, it's a pleasure, really, but, um, uh-huh. you know, I've got. I think I think they're bringing back lingo on GSN, so I'm in I'm in a tight race for that. <laughs> All right, what the hell is the question? It's a movie question, right? I don't even know yeah. what the hell's going. On. Okay, movie question. A right? movie question. All right. What 1989 <laughs> film? Sorry, yeah. what 1989 film follows the relationship between John Cusack and Lone Sky? After, or sorry, what am I saying? Yeah, you, you might want to check out the spelling on that. Yeah, pardon me. They, okay. uh, the, <laughs> these the stupid monkeys. Ioni Sky, is that how you That's say it? That's how you say it, yes. Yeah, Ioni Sky, Sky yeah. after the graduation from high school. Right. Not it's multiple not, choice. It, okay, it's, 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 uh, it's say anything. Yeah. Anything. Oh, see what you did there? Uh, no, but that is that is correct. Uh, yes, okay, it yeah. is say anything. Featuring the greatest line of all time, I'm incarcerated, Lloyd. So uh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, very good. Excellent right. job. No, good. All right, it's tight. Tight, Esmeralda. We're tight now. All right. Okay. Very tight. All right. Uh, Esmeralda, your category is music. <laughs> would you like to say hello to any anyone watching at home? Um, I would like to say hello to my cat, Jake. Yeah. He All loves... Right, watching this show he's a big fan yes he's actually written me a few letters i mean yeah. written yeah. is a bit of a stretch he sort of just vomits into a bag and mails mm-hmm. it to me but i yeah. know it's because I've he loves the program the mail. yeah god jake right. love vomit. Good, oh, good lad good okay. lad tied it too you're gonna break the tie here as well let's see what's going let's on see. i hope all so right. all right your question here, just a straight-up answer, no multiple choice. Mm. What mm-hmm. British new wave band was part of the new romantic movement and topped the charts with True in 1983? Uh, British new wave band. Spando Ballet. One more time. Is it Spando Ballet? Is that, their that is correct. Very good. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, man. How about what that? What does that even mean? Uh, a spandau ballet? It's a ballet of spandauing. I don't, I don't I know. I mean, I was once in a spandex ballet. I mean. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I can understand that. Got to keep the gut in. I understand how that works. Certainly. Too. Among yeah. other things. Hello. Um, All right. Yeah. All right. Wait, hold on a second. There. Very, <laughs> All right. Very erotic <clears throat> ballet. Three to two. Uh, and Esmeralda gets a question correct by answering the great spandau ballet. All right. Mm. Yes. All right. Oh, so you sound like you're hosting. You're, you're commentating the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful it day in Augusta. It's a beautiful day. It's very quiet now, and the monkeys Love have. Re- two. Have... <laughs> yeah. Love. Uh, Love too. That's golf. golf. That's, we're talking golf as well. <laughs> masters is golf. Oh. <laughs> Well, the tennis but that is works. You got to be quiet. You got to well. be quiet. On, you got to be quiet on the tennis court as well. That's right. Yeah. That's Very that's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. All right. Okay, uh, <laughs> Nick. Your category: yeah. television. Television. Okay. Television in right. Canada. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. I actually don't know if that's true. Yeah. Uh, what actor from the Mary Tyler Moore Show played Captain Meryl Steubing on the Love Boat? Oh. Okay. No what? multiple choice here. Um, Captain Meryl Steubing, also on Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. Who was the actor? That would be Gavin. Right. That would be Gavin McLeod. 
Very good. Yes, great Gavin McLeod. Uh, yeah. He passed away not too long he ago. He did. Mr. He was Gavin the McLeod. except I think uh, uh, I think the bartender and and uh, and Julie are the no no. There's a lot more people who are still alive. No. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He was the la- he was the last. Sorry, he was the last Mary Tyler Moore. He was the last Mary Tyler Moore main cast member. Uh, to mm. Yes, they're right, all dead. Right, right, right. Yes, that's what it was. It wasn't Love Boat. There are a lot of Love Boat. Right now, Ted Lange is listening, going, "Hey, man, I'm still serving drinks." I don't, you know what I mean. So, right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I did not realize that was the same man. Really, Gavin McLeod? Yes, yes. I didn't realize that he the yeah. you know the two. Wow. Yeah. Yep, yeah, he was also dude. the inspiration for Highlander. <laughs> McLeod. <laughs> McLeod, yeah, I got it. Right. I got it. I got it. Okay. Yeah. All right, we are tied at three, and we're getting down to the nitty and the gritty. Yes, and because that there, is... There, we, are, we are tied at three, and there are only two questions left, so something's yeah, got to happen actually, here. Well, and these, I'm not going to lie, I'm giving the audience a brief preview before we go to commercial break. Um, <laughs> two really big questions here. Who will come out on top? But first... A message from these sponsors. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm. Uh, shh, we're in commercial break. No, shh, we're in commercial break. Oh, we're in commercial live. break, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> these live <Huh>? commercials? <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we're back. We're, ba- we're back, and, okay. Yeah. Yes, we're back, yes, uh. yes. And thank you to uh, Apple Bottom Jeans for is that, is that what yeah. sponsoring. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Apple Bottom Jeans for the ass that just won't quit. Right. Okay, your category. <laughs> your category, Esmeralda. Sports. Mm-hmm. The gridiron. Oh, no. The crucible. <laughs> the crucible. It's me not knowing the golf thing. This is going right. to go great. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> We've already set that one up, yeah. right? Oh, I, I almost want to just ad lib it and just ask you, like, <laughs> okay. give me one golf score. Like, tell me how you would give. No. Did you play any sports, Esmeralda, when you were growing up? Oh, God, no. No? no? Not a single one? No. No, no, no I did enjoy playing tag. floor hockey. Ah. Floor oh, well, that's hockey. a sport. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll and oddly, that. her nickname was Cujo. I don't know how I... I yeah. <laughs> yeah, fun fact. That uh, trivia question was about me. I just didn't want to give it away. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, that was very kind of you. Again, uh, the, monk, the, yeah. the chimpanzees that write this that's program right. could really right. use a bit of a... A spanking. Um, all right, it's another it's another hockey question. Wow. Um, ah, okay. And I'll probably butcher the names here, but that's all right. Uh, who is considered to be the top NHL player of the '90s? Now, this is an either-or. You get two options here. Oh, good. Is it Mario <laughs> Lemieux or Dominic mm. Hasek? Or Hasek. It's Hasek, but yeah. Hasek, all right, yes, yes. So is it, so it's a 50-50 here. Yeah. Mario Lemieux or Dominic Hasek. And it Uh, was, who's the best one? Who was considered to be the top player of the 90s in the NHL? Mm, Which one? Uh, I'm going to go with the Lemieux guy. Very good, because that is correct. It was nice Mario job. Lemieux. Nice job, Esmeralda. Yes, it was. Yeah. It's Mario Lemieux. Very good. All right. Now, in order for me to just even tie, for this to end in a tie, I have to get this question correct. Otherwise, Esmeralda, you are the victor. Ooh. Yeah. So it comes this down is... to this one question. Either it's a tie, and we both go off and drive around in the Sanford and Son truck with Norman Lear, or I lose and you go off with Norman Lear. All right. Mm-hmm. Here we I'm, go. I'm, I'm tingling. 
It, well, um, that's because you need to take your meds. Uh, yeah, so. I, I think I think it's the meds. I think it's this viscous liquid right. that sort of. And I think it was that yeah. monkey bite. I know you've been bitten by one of the monkeys too. Oh so yes. I know that might, oh that might Jesus. Have to do. I mean, Nick, I could I can't tell you how many times I've been given a rabies injection. It is <laughs> horrific. I'm surrounded by a a, a a cabal of rabid chimpanzees. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry to hear that slap. I, yeah. Uh, I really, no, yeah. Don't, don't be too All sorry. Right. I, I've survived worse. Okay. Mainly Sounds like you plague. have. Sounds yeah. like you have. Um, All right. Here it is. Four to right. three. Esmeralda's in the lead. If I get this right, we end in a tie. If I get it wrong, Esmeralda is the winner. Potpourri is okay. the category. All right. And it's a bit of a political question here, no, Nick. So you're gonna no. d- dig into that, dig into that news brain of yours. Oh yeah, whatever's left. Um, <laughs> what presidential candidate was a spokesman for Viagra in 1998? What presidential candidate yeah. was oh. a spokesman for Viagra in 98? So it's not multiple choice. Not multiple choice. It's you don't Bob, remember this? It's it's, uh, it's, Bo- it's it's Bob Dole. Oh. It's Bob Dole. Is Bob Dole your final answer? It is, yes. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. They did wow. a wonderful job parodying it on uh, on SNL uh, with the late, great Norm MacDonald um, playing mm. Bob Dole. Uh, well, it ended in a tie, Esmeralda. I know that's anticlimactic, but we both get to jump in the Sanford and Son truck with uh, yeah. uh, Norman Lee. Shotgun. Yeah, okay, you got shotgun. I'll sit in the back. That's where that's where Fred slept. That's where Fred slept when he wouldn't sleep in the house with the two coffins. Remember remember that episode? <laughs> <laughs> that's, just... <laughs> that's the episode okay. where Lamont brought uh-huh. home two coffins and he's like, I ain't sleeping in there because the co- they were gonna sell the coffins the next day. So he slept out in the truck and Lamont kept getting scared and he came out and he's like, Pop, you sleeping? And and he goes, No, I'm checking my eyelids for cracks. <laughs> Sanford's not the greatest show of all time. Uh, what do you think? Because he goes, uh, Dad, the lights are out. Well, change the fuse. Where are the fuses? Where do you think they are? In the fruit bowl? <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. I can I continue to quote these things and piss off Norman Lear as he right. drives around. Yeah, yeah Norman Lear's going to love this. He's going to love having quoting. quotes from his own show uh, blasted into his ear. All right. Well, you we're remember? both winners. You remember? Me- remember that? Remember that? Yeah. Uh, it'll be like that episode of South Park with the grapes. I'm one of those grapes from the South Park uh, episodes. So, well, as well, I think it's nice that on the 200th episode we tied and we both are winners. Yeah. Yeah. Very right. lovely. Yeah. Slap. Thank you, buddy. Oh, please. Uh, Nick Esmeralda, it's always a pleasure, even though I do get covered in a stinking, viscous yeah. liquid when you do call me. Because All right. whenever you call, right. I will. I understand. I Here will you be go. There. Oh, oh I love you. Oh! <laughs> and there he goes. Now he's covered in a viscous if he gets liquid. The viscous. Yeah, I wonder if it's on the way back. Ways. I think it's both. I think we fuck yeah. them both ways. I think that's how it works. So. <laughs> well, that was slap. Esmeralda, a really fun uh, episode of uh, Slap Slap Lee's '80s '90s Trivia Madness, and I think it's appropriate yeah. that on this 200th episode, you and I are both winners. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right, Esmeralda, here is to 200 more episodes, and hopefully at some point we'll be getting paid. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Be a part of the Nick uh-huh. D podcast. Leave your voicemail message at 773-417-6948. Drop us an email at nickdpodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. And thank you guys, seriously, for subscribing and uh, and letting us come into your ears and your devices. Be a sponsor if you want to advertise with us. Sales at radiomisfits.com. Rate and review us on every platform. Jason Skaggs, we thank you for all the music and the sounds. Ed Silla for everything else. And we will see you next time on the Nick D podcast episode 201. As for all the thanks... Thank you. All right. We'll see you later.